Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a Friday night episode of Prospects After Dark. I am your host, I am Kyle Reese. Uh, welcome to the Extravaganza. I don't exactly know what we're looking at for an episode of Prospects After Dark on a Friday night with everything canceled. Holy Shield says, I want to get I want to get away. Uh, Naparelli says, hi, Kyle. Hello, Naparelli. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Look, I don't have the slightest idea what direction Prospects After Dark is going to go in this evening. Uh, I would imagine that we're not really going to know what to talk about, which means that we're going to rely on you maybe a little heavier than we normally do to come up with whatever topics uh, uh, might might end up coming up. Hello, Tara. How are you? Uh, Josh says, let's throw back some Coronas, boys. I four comments in, and we're talking about Coronas. I'm on. Look, I will gladly talk about Corona beer. Uh, we'll keep our coronavirus talk to a minimum. BJ Dittman says, let's talk about alternatives to toilet paper. The, the only like reasonable alternative to toilet paper is to eat so much Arby's that it literally comes out with you in liquid form. That should only be two beef and cheddars. Uh, let's see. Hello, Stu Styles. Hey, beautiful. How are you? Hey, Jeff Jones. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Kyle, what the hell do I do now? You don't do anything. You tune in. You tune into this. You give amazing comments uh, and ridiculous anecdotes, uh, and you just keep rolling and hope for the best. Uh, we 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 abide by the rules, and we hope that as soon as possible we have baseball back on the field, hockey back on the rink, and whatever the else hell on whatever the else hell. Uh, that's that's it, bud. But welcome to Prospects After Dark. Uh, Rumsfeld says I'm going to hit some Crown Royal Peach, my friend. Uh, get after that. You know what I like to do with peach vodka is I like to mix peach vodka with watermelon juice. As crazy as that sounds, throw in a seltzer water, an orange seltzer water, and you got yourself a nice refreshing drink. Does a shorter season benefit the Cards? See, I think that the Cardinals benefit greatly from having as much depth as they have. And I think that you could argue that the longer season would better suit the Cardinals uh, just because they have a chance of, like, outlasting other teams, especially pitching-wise. But I don't know. It beats me. I can't imagine what a shortened season would mean. You know, I, I kind of said it uh, in a tweet kind of joking just a little while ago earlier in the day. That I love the idea of like stacking double headers a bunch. Still playing 162 games, stacking double headers, and getting creative with the roster. Like that's what I'd like to see. But it all depends on how many games are missed. If you're talking about two weeks, then you can get pretty creative with those two weeks. If you're talking about months, then that changes this entire conversation. Uh, uh, Jake Dellert says, finally some sort of real entertainment. Yeah, I'm gonna try my hardest, fam. Killer tofu, ayu. Killer Tofu. It looks like with the DeBerg logo in there, you look like you work for a bar stool, dude. I do not. I am not clever or inventive or anything enough to work for bar stool. Uh, I literally have nothing else to watch from cards. Yeah. See, this is what we did. I, uh, I'm behind the coronavirus. Uh, I went to China. I started it there. And my hope was that eventually on one random ass uh, Friday night, you'd all tune in here because you had nothing else to do. How is it? Uh, I don't know. The killer tofu is delicious. I've been drinking Bud Light Seltzer. The Bud Light Seltzers are really good. The, the black cherry, mango, lime, and strawberry, those are all really good. Look, the seltzer game is at an all-time high. I'll tell you what, those lemonades are really good, too. The um, uh, uh, whatever the hell brand that is, those lemonades are really good, too. Uh, Iowa Next says, can you rank all the Cardinals minor leaguers since we have time? You know, uh, I'll be honest. I had a thought that once I got done with the, the Dirty 35, I ranked the 35 worst players in the Cardinals organization. But then I thought, oh boy, that's that has all the makings for a bad adventure. Uh, so we're not going to do that, luckily. DFA Cecil yet from C 23408. That's not going to happen now. Look, they have more time for Cecil to get healthy. They have more time for uh, Michaelis to get healthy, which I'm happy about. Uh, yeah, they're not going to DFA anyone. 
and now they've got nothing but time to uh, to make those decisions. It's like having a second offseason now. Uh, Jay Duda says, yeah, Kyle time. That's right, Jay Duda. What's up? Uh, Sam Smith says, what's up, pad people? Killer Tofu says, sup, dude, how's Barstool? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. But if they want to pay me, I'll gladly put their logo back there. Uh, fuck it, take, I'm going to smoke a big toenail weed herb. Get high, baby. Uh, Killer Tofu, we recommend that you get high. Get high, get drunk. Uh, get fucked, as it were. You do what you do. Uh, just be happy. STL Nation. Maybe Michaelis makes the opening day roster now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, that could very well happen. You know, uh, anything could happen. Maybe somebody gets hurt in this meantime. Maybe somebody gets so sick that they're not going to be ready for the season. Uh, there's a lot that's going to happen here in an unknown time frame. You know, the unknown, just like Mike Schultz said earlier today, the unknown is, is what's really scary in all this, but the unknown time frame really changes this entire dialogue. And, uh, without having a time frame, a set time frame, we're all just shooting from the hip. Does this break help Cecil more than anyone? I wouldn't, you know, I don't know if more than anyone. Uh, it, it certainly helps him. Uh, we, we say that, but had Cecil's injury been bad enough, he just would have gone on the IL and he still would have been with the organization and had a minor league start and still had a chance to make a major league start. Uh, to me, like if you're asking who it helps them in their pursuit of being on the, the season roster at the beginning of the year. I think Michaelis is the one, I, you know, not, not like it helps him because he was in danger of, of being off of it, but just it helps him because he's going to have a couple X amount of days, hours, months, whatever, uh, to get healthy. And that's, that's all really good. It's all good. Um, as far as like, a, does, is this person help the most? Uh, I would suspect that maybe Jerome Munoz has helped the most. Now I, I think from that, like, uh, uh, asinine kind of uh, uh, thought process. And yeah, probably Brett Cecil, maybe. Maybe Dexter Fowler, I don't know. Quinn, 50-man rosters, 81 doubleheaders, now we're talking. Yeah, get crazy. Get creative. Have some fun with it. There, there's no telling what it could look like. And I just want to see, like, I want to see them still have as many games as possible uh, and still make the product as entertaining as possible. I, I don't know what to think because I still don't know what's going to happen. Tara says... How does a four-plus-week break in the middle of spring training impact players, especially pitchers? The pitchers is where my—that's where my mind's been this entire time. You know, you're still going to need a month of like spring training to build up starters' innings. You know, if a guy goes on and if a starter gets hurt and goes on an injury assignment, uh, a minor league rehab, it takes about a month, right? It takes about four starts. They'll pitch one game of 20, uh, 20 pitches, and then forty-five, and then sixty-five, and then you know, and then up to 80 and then maybe maybe 100 so you're talking about at least a month for starting pitchers to get up uh, up to strength now that's like that's my thought i would imagine it's gonna be hard for everyone to get back into games game shape but the good news is this isn't like the 1990s anymore where these guys are training all year they're not coming to spring training to get ready uh but man it's gonna be really interesting to see how it goes i i do think that i mean this is i'm not this is not rocket science but the longer the, the rest is the harder it's going to be for them to get right back into it man halfway through well halfway through spring training games and all of this stops it's a it's a complete uh uh it's startling i don't know what else to say bj Dittman says serious though if mlb happens SEL rotation of lynn alcantara gallon weaver and waka in 2020 oh can you imagine it goes to show you in just a couple of years how things change uh that would have been something else i you know Three years ago, you never could have predicted it. Uh, I think I think three years ago, people would have said Reyes, Flaherty, Weaver, Carlos Martinez, and uh, I don't even know. Uh, maybe, probably Waka. Probably Waka would have been the one. 
Uh, Blake Record, hey Blake, what's up? Says Pat. Josh says, suggest some good TV shows for me to pass the time. I'll tell you what, I'm not a Star Trek guy, but I've been watching that Star Trek Picard. I like that a lot. If you haven't watched Rick and Morty, watch Rick and Morty. It's off color and it's goofy and it's a cartoon and there's plenty of episodes for you to watch. Um, watch that. Uh, I know that a, a lot of people like um, Mr. Robot. That's finished. There's a ton of episodes. You can watch that. Uh, Better Call Saul, I'm not up to date. I didn't finish season four, uh, so I haven't been able to watch season five, but I loved everything that I saw up until like the first two episodes of season four. That's a terrific show. Um, uh, like anything on Netflix. I'll tell you what, if you want to, um, that dumb baking show on Netflix where, uh, they're all so bad at baking and they like the three people face each other. I can't think of what that thing's called. I love that. But those are just a couple shows that come to mind. Matt Stromer, our good friend, Matt Stromer says, let's get weird. Let's get weird indeed. I mean, we're talking about baking shows on Netflix, so that should tell you what to do. But you know what I recommended to some people, well, some people, what I put on Twitter is, you know, if you can't get your baseball fix, now I'm going to be watching a lot of MILB TV games, uh, uh, a lot of MILB games on MILB TV from last year. Uh, but, you know, other than pornography, if, if you're looking to kill some time, read a comic, go to Comixology. Comics are really cheap. You can get graphic novels. Just pick like, do you like Spider-Man? Just pick a random Spider-Man comic. Do you like Batman? Pick a random Batman comic. You like reading about people who stop time as they orgasm? Check out Sex Criminals. It's an amazing comic written by an amazing author and an amazing uh, illustrator. Uh, just go and mess around. Pick up a book. Find some things. Do some some shit. You know, have some fun. Uh, let's see. Crawfee twenty five says, "Would stick it? Would stacking double headers make Kisner more likely to make the roster?" That's a great question, man. I didn't even think about that. I would think that if you're stacking double headers in any capacity, unless you're talking about like once a week, that there's a good chance that you would be able to like that twenty sixth man. Uh, would end up benefiting as a catcher. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that. Spaghetti Jones says, sup, dog? What's up, Spaghetti Jones? I need water before we get too far. I've actually had uh, the food poisoning, which is probably the flu, earlier in the week. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling great. Uh, but I'm feeling good. Brett Lankford says, thanks for doing this after a crazy week. Really enjoy your work. Thank you so much, Mr. Lankford. Uh, Mr. Lankford, uh, thanks for being here. To everybody at Prospects After Dark, tonight we are drinking... Uh, Buffalo Trace, just a little delicious vanilla first hits my, the thingy, uh, 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 that Buffalo Trace. To all my pad people, welcome to pad on a Friday night. I hope we can continue to, uh, keep you engaged and entertained for maybe an hour, maybe a half an hour, maybe two hours, who really knows. But to all the pad people, welcome back to Prospects After Dark on a Friday night. Quinn says, I'm excited to see where Plummer ranks on the Dirty 35. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, today we released prospect number four, Avon Herrera, uh, catcher, 19-year-old, which means we're down to the top three prospects in the Cardinals organization. Total spoiler here, uh, 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 Nick Plummer is actually number three on the list, and Rob Kaminsky is number two. I'm not going to tell you who number one is, I don't want to spoil it, uh, but you're in for a big treat tomorrow, Quinn, if Nick Plummer's your guy. How's your slump test from Luke Plush? Luke, to you, I'm going to raise my glass, but uh, we're, we got about a four and a half right now, and that's where I like it. If it gets any more than a four, then it's too runny. Uh, or more than a five, it's too runny. And four, it's, it's you know, you can, you can work with a four, you can work with a three, but it's hard to really work with. Matt Stromer says he's got a frozen pizza in the oven, a LaCroix, MLB the show. What a Friday night. Oh, what a night. Uh, I only know that lyric. Uh, yeah, welcome. That's awesome. That's a good night. 
Uh, Josh says, we're three minutes in and being instructed to get high, drunk, and fucked. <laughs> Anna Kaiser. So, hello, Anna. How are you? Uh, give me a hopeful take about how the minor league season will play out because I am hella stressed. Uh, my hopeful take is that we'll see the numbers uh, uh, for the coronavirus dip in the next two weeks. You know, at least level up. where They're not rising uh, very, very quickly. And then from there, what we'll end up seeing is we'll see a plan in place. Because the plan in place is the key. Not necessarily, like, them playing, but the plan in place. You know, the minor league season was supposed to start on April 9th. Today is March 13th. I think that there's a way to just delay the season by a month. Now, I don't know exactly what that means. Again, I'm all about doubleheaders. And you know the minor leaguers, they can do that. Again, booking schedules or scheduling issues, rather, with stadiums and such. It might be tough. But I think I think my optimistic take is that once you get through a second spring training, or camp two, as Mo's been calling it, I think that depending on how the next couple weeks go, and I keep saying couple weeks because the NHL suspended their season temporarily for two, like 14 days, right? Isn't that what they said, two weeks? Uh, I think that the next two weeks are really critical. But I think that if the next two weeks go as possible, if people follow these rules, uh, and if we all are adhering the way that we appear to be adhering and buying into uh, the restrictions being put in, I think that you're talking about only a delay of a month, uh, and I'm being very optimistic, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, the other positive is this about this at the minor league level is the minor league season usually ends at the end of August, beginning of September. And, it, you know, maybe, 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 and I don't, I don't know, again, the booking logistics and all this, but maybe instead of having baseball for the minor leaguers end at the end of August in September, maybe they can get creative and go through September into October. And I know that that's, that's probably not likely, but, you know, how about this for a super optimistic take is one way or the other, the full minor league season is played, just whether it's double headers to make up for games that are missed or it's games going into September. Drew Langley says, what's your starting outfield? Uh, oh, boy, that was going to make a joke about viruses. Uh, I would say, look, my starting outfield, what is that? It doesn't matter. The Cardinals starting outfield is going to be Tommy Edmund, Harrison Bader and Dexter Fowler, more than likely. You can probably take that to the bank. Uh, what would mine be? I've been very vocal. I would like Tyler O'Neill. I would like Dylan Carlson, and I would like Lane Thomas to get every opportunity to be the starting outfielder for as many games, outfield for as many games as possible. Uh, Iowa Next says, will they give them ready or don't know? No, I, I don't think I know. I don't think anyone knows. I don't think Major League Baseball knows yet. I don't think the Players Association knows. I think it's very much, as Mr. Mozalek said, a fluid situation. And I think that's just about that timetable and how things progress uh, in the coming weeks, unfortunately, Derek. Uh, Whitewater Attorney, Adam Van Grek says, what's up, Adam? How are you? Uh, Kaya, Adam, and Caleb from Maryland say happy Friday. Happy Friday, buddy, to you and my buddy Caleb. Hey, Farmer Vala, thank you for this. We are building a statue to you on your on our farm. Uh, yeah, if there's not a red blend from uh, the Vala Vineyards by the end of this show, then you've disappointed me. No, to uh, uh, Adam Van Grek into Farmer Vala. To all you people, I love you. Uh, our good friend, uh, 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 Truett Ridgefield, says, nice Ray Langford jersey. That takes me back. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know who might be new to prospects after dark, Ray Langford is my favorite player. He's been I'm 33. Uh, he's been my favorite player since I was a kid. Uh, this came off of his back in spring training of 1993. And through uh, some connections with my brother, it found its way to me. It's my most prized piece of memorabilia. Uh, Jay Duda says, my head's spinning. Good, that means you're hammered, dude. Get, get jacked up. Get drunk. Look, so you want to know what you do now? You just enjoy yourself. Uh, don't go online and argue about stuff. Uh, don't Look, the good news is now we have two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, two months to not get emotionally invested in something as 
trivial as sports. Let's take that to maybe do kind things for each other instead uh, and be tolerant and uh, loving and accepting towards people otherwise. Car GF says, how does this affect Car uh, Carlson's arbitration clock? I don't think any of that's figured out yet. I, I, I Look, I think that all of that is still very much up in the air. Uh, minor leaguers pay is probably still up in the air. Major leaguers pay is probably still up in the air. I don't think it's fair. Like we can speculate on it, but I don't even have a point of speculation or a point of reference to speculate. So uh, I don't, I don't really know how it affects because I don't think that those rules have been changed to match uh, uh, the virus, to match the, the pandemic. Good life, Sean. What's up, Sean? Uh, Schilt losing his virginity on his wedding night unlocked Armageddon. So I almost tweeted out earlier today that none of this happened before Mike Schilt was married. Uh, and then I left it alone. Short Richfeld says, it's 162-game season two. Can't hurt to shorten it a bit. Yeah, I know that, um, again, Mr. DeWitt, the Builder Wilt II, has been on record as saying he'd be down for shortening the season to 154 games, what it used to be. Um, yeah, it probably wouldn't hurt anything. I'll tell you what, I like doubleheaders. Give me double headers and get inventive with the roster, you know. Uh, again, make 35, make it so that 40 guys are, are can be on the active roster with only like 26 for your game day roster or something like that. Get creative. Uh, but I definitely don't want them to cancel. Like, I want them to do everything they can to avoid canceling games because people have already paid tickets for that. You know, uh, like, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be completely selfish. My brother Scott got tickets for the commissioner's box on opening day. And I would like to be able to go to that game and experience that. That would be amazing. Uh, so I, and then I think about other people down the line who in June might have that, that might not get that experience. Like that might be the only time they ever get that chance to have that experience. So I don't want, I want them to play as many games as they can play. And I want them to get creative doing it. But I, I definitely like this sentiment that in the future, that there's nothing wrong probably with baseball shortening their season. Luke, uh, why wouldn't MLB just keep players at spring trading and play scrimmages until season starts? That's a, I have to believe that that's a C, not a CDC thing, but I have to believe that that's like a health guidelines kind of thing that they're thinking, you know, just get everybody back home, keep them isolated instead of together. And then that would stop the chance of a spread or a mass infection, uh, uh, as it were. I have to believe that that's what it's about. But I do think that there's logic to what you're bringing up. And honestly, when I found out that they were going to keep people at their spring training facility, I thought from a business standpoint, a logistics standpoint, it, it makes sense because you could probably control them there. You could probably test them there, monitor their symptoms a little bit better. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I don't I don't know why they did. Again, I think it's just about getting people comfortable, getting them into a spot where, where they feel good uh, and, and hoping for the best. Dan Russo, Dan Russ says, I think they will set up scrimmages with Marlins to keep in shape. They could have, uh, but that changed today when they were allowed to go back to their home cities, their homes, whatever the hell that means, or stay in the facility. Uh, what about 50 triple headers? Bring it. I love it. Bring it, bring it, bring it. I love it. Is Wong my leadoff hitter from Brent Langford? Yeah, I like him at the one or two spot. I think it all depends on how the lineup is. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to Wong leading off and Edmund batting second or vice versa. Like, I like that a lot ahead of Goldschmidt. Again, I will maintain until the day I die that if you want to make Paul Goldschmidt a more effective hitter, you get guys on in front of him. It doesn't matter who's hitting behind him. Uh you look healthy. That's good. That's right, Ron. I, uh, I definitely don't have any illnesses anymore, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I haven't been tested at the clinic lately. Ryan Reynolds says, it's been a while since I've been able to be a pad. Uh, excuse me while I unbutton my pants. Take off those pants. Get comfortable. Unbutton them. Pleasure yourselves. Look, I'll talk. I'll do whatever you need, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, get weird. Ozark is amazing. We're, uh, that's how far behind we are on questions. I, it says I have 36 new messages. We'll get to that. But I have not watched Ozark. I tried watching the first couple episodes, and I just couldn't get into it. I wasn't in the right mind frame. 
I'll try again. Uh, I love Community. Look, Community is one of my favorite shows of all time. It's old as shit. Uh, go back and watch that. That's a lot of fun. Dan Harmon's a great uh, uh, comedic mind. Quinn says, the guy's a scientist and turned himself into a pickle. Funniest thing I've ever seen. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, real fast to Mr. Jeff Carlson. I raise my glass to the Carlson family. Uh, Mr. Jeff, thank you so much for being here for Prospects After Dark. We really appreciate it to you uh, and, and to your amazing son and your lovely wife. Well, sons uh, and uh, your lovely wife. I raise my glass. If Mr. Hicks comes in here, we'll get after him here in a little bit, too. Uh, Truett Ridgefield says, most surprised Red Sox prospect that spends a good amount of time in the bigs this year. You know, I think some people think Dahlbeck does. I, I don't know about that. You know, uh, Cassis isn't going to make it. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not familiar enough with their system to be able to say it. And I'm sorry about that, Truett. I, you know, Dahlbeck's on the 40-minute now, and I think that he's probably the, the smart answer to that question. But I don't know their pitching staff particularly well. So, water, not vodka? No, no, no. No, we're going to try to take it easy. We're going to try to take it easy. Uh, Buffalo Trace, much better. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, Adam. Tara says, if a delayed 162-game season happens, play the World Series in snow in November or play at a neutral site. Snow in November. I hate that neutral site stuff. Uh, that's that's not going to work for me in any capacity, unless that neutral site is the dome, because I think that that would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, no more XFL there. So instead, we're going to have the World Series. That would be hilarious. Um, but no, no, I, I like it in the snow. Uh, and even then, like, maybe I'm wrong, at least here in the Midwest, the winter has been pushed back a little bit. Uh, it, it might get a little aggressive at the beginning of November now that I think about it. Uh, but yeah, I, give me, give me snow in November rather than a mutual site. Uh, Bud Light Seltzer Strawberry. Good for you, Ron. Good for you. Number one is Fuller. Ah, you son of a bitch. You beat me to it. Iwanek. So what do you think of them canceling the college baseball season? I'm heartbroken about it. And I'll be honest, number one is Austin Dean from Josh. Number one, or, uh, uh, number one, I'm, I'm disappointed about it. I understand why they did it, but I wish they would have just waited just, just a little bit and then, and then adjusted on the fly. Like, I don't think there's any reason to cancel anything yet. You know, I, I get the thought about canceling it, and especially when it comes to college students, you know, we definitely view them as college athletes, but when it comes to college students, you've got to be a little smarter, maybe a little bit more aggressive about something like this. I understand that. But like the canceling things that go until June, you know, when you get to the College World Series and all that, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I wish that they could have just just wait, like wait two weeks and see what happens. You, you can get creative in those two weeks. You know, I know like Mizzou football is still practicing. I don't know if that's for the best. That probably isn't. Uh, but I like I like preventative maintenance. I like preventative measures. I just I think that sometimes when you can suspend things instead of canceling things, you, it's better to suspend rather than cancel until you have to cancel. Uh, not really. I got to bounce, but those glasses be looking great, boy. Thank you, not really to you, bud. Have a great night, Quinn. Now that September call-ups are pretty much done, they might be okay with pushing it back to early October. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, maybe, maybe I. We'll see. I don't necessarily know if I see the correlation between uh, September call-ups and pushing the season back to October. Uh, you know, going from having a forty, having up to forty men on your roster past September to having twenty-eight uh, past September. I don't really see the correlation there, but maybe I do understand what you're saying. I, I personally don't know what to think. I, I, I don't. I, I want the season to be played for as long as possible. I would like for it to be played as fully as possible. And really, whatever gets them to that point, I'll be happy. Our good friend John Greco says they are expecting 100 million infected by June. 
nothing is coming back anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, and you're right about that. That's uh, that's what the projections are saying. But I would say in the last couple of days, everyone and everything and every agency and every company and every local government has been aggressive about limiting things in order to stop the spread of the pandemic. And I think that maybe potentially those numbers are based on how we were reacting before we reacted uh, uh, to, the sp- to the spread of the pandemic. So I do think that, yeah, they're, they're projecting that by June. I, like, I, I don't know about 100 million. I hadn't seen 100 million. I don't even remember what number I had seen. Uh, but I, I saw that the numbers were high. I, I think that in two weeks we're going to have a different number because of the, the preventative measures that have been put in. But I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know a goddamn thing. What I know is I would just like to see how things progress because I want, I want things to get back to normal as soon as possible. We all do. Uh, and I don't think it's right yet to be able to project what's going to happen. I, I think you can, I mean, scientists can, uh, they should, they should be projecting that stuff. Uh, but I also know that it's a very fluid situation and we have to see how things progress from there. Uh, Brian Jordan with Trick Lankford. Uh, Brian Jordan, Brian, yeah, we, so I, I don't know exactly what Trick Lankford, that's funny stuff. Love you, Kyle, got to get my three-year-old to sleep. To you, Ron, I raised my glass of Buffalo Trace. Thanks for stopping in, bud. It was a pleasure doing the Two Birds on a Bat, Bat podcast with you a couple weeks back, man. I'll I'll gladly go on a podcast with you anytime, with Chrome Renner anytime. And also, yesterday, I recorded a little podcast with Brendan Schaefer. I'm already doubling up on the Buffalo Trace over at B-Shape Daily. Uh, you can get that on iTunes and all that stuff. You just check that out. It's always always a pleasure talking with Brendan Schaefer. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if Jeff Jones is still in here or not, but I just want to give another hat tip to Jeff Jones and Brendan Schaefer in particular. Rob Rains, Brian Walton, Dan Buffa, who were all just incredibly nice to me during winter warm-up. Ann Rogers was incredible and sweet and nice uh, when I got to take part in winter, winter warm-up. Brian Swope, our good friends, uh, Mick Light, uh, 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 Chelsea, who I got, Chelsea Light, who I got to talk to for a very brief time. Just all really amazing, awesome people. Uh, ben Fredrickson, Ben Hockman, uh, all really kind to me, wonderful. Uh, I... I Everyone who was in there was just so nice and so wonderful, and uh, I, I just felt so grateful for it. And I just wanted to take a second to say thank you to all those people again. Uh, ton Carlson Thomas in without a doubt is without a doubt the best outfield. Yeah, and but you know I am not. I let me start over. I have been the type of person who's not bashed Harrison Bader, but I've been critical of him for sure. And I think that even I right now, and even us as a group chat, are kind of glossing over how good he's been this spring training, and he definitely deserves talk in that conversation. Uh, and especially with that elite defense that he brings, you know, Harrison Bader deserves all the credit in the world for having a good spring, whatever that means to you. Uh, hear me out. Game seven of the world series is on Christmas day. It could end up happening. Todd Bauer with the frowny face. Uh, Sam Smitty says, I'm not going to lie. I'm a tad tipsy right now. Good. Because I just talked a bunch of nonsense. I don't even know what the fuck I said. And I hope that it made sense to you. Uh, Dan Russ says, did I miss something? I thought they were keeping players at camp. Uh, you did miss something. Yeah. The little, uh, the little thing was that, uh, uh, they're allowed to go home now. Or whatever. And I think I think most teams are sending all of their minor leaguers home. Quinn STL says, I wanted to go to opening weekend, but who knows if I'll even be going back to school. It all sucks. Yeah, you know, the truth is, it's the who knows. Who knows anything right now, you know? Uh, scientists can project. Scientists can give us information. Uh, but none of us really know right now. We don't really know anything. We know that preventative measures have been taken to help uh, uh, stop this pandemic from getting any bigger. And now we just have to hope that those preventative measures uh, as currently employed will end up bringing the best of a resolution to this, 
this tough time, you know? No one knows. Who knows? Blake says, I was going to be on opening day since I, I was going to be at opening day since I lived in Cincinnati. Extremely butthurt. Yeah, I feel so sorry for all the people, I, I, especially you, Blake. That would have been an awesome experience, uh, uh, opening day in Cincinnati, which, you know, th- that's one of the places where the pageantry exceeds here in St. Louis. Maybe the only place, oldest uh, organization in, in baseball. Uh, that's heartbreaking for it. Again, Blake, I'm going to raise my glass to you, but I'm thinking about you. Uh, but you never know. And I don't know if it'll work with your schedule, but maybe Major League Baseball will reschedule it. Maybe they'll be able to make it work uh, in May or June or something. I, I, I don't know. Hey, freaking cards says, hey, Pat family. Hey, freaking cards. Uh, perfect timing as I, oh, God. Oh, God. As I lose the question. Uh, two. There we go. Whoo, whoo. Lost question. Two freaking cards. Freaking cards. Uh, Cunnilanga says, it's the apocalypse. Yeah, you know, this is like a, uh, it's kind of like the zombie apocalypse, but without, like, cool shit happening, just with, like, sad shit happening. The end is nigh. It's uh, the Watchmen in here all of a sudden. Uh, Ron Nuttall says, guess what I'm doing with my left hand right now? Uh, hopefully pleasuring yourself. Josh says, community, second best comedy show ever. I'm not going to get into ranking the best comedy shows unless number one is Rick and Morty. Uh, but I love Community. I love Dan Harmon. Colonel Lingus is winking at me. Uh, Colonel Lingus. Uh, let's see. Uh, have the Royal sign Munoz yet? No, no. And that's going to be interesting, too. Like, I wonder what's going to happen with Yasiel Puig. I wonder if it makes it a better chance that he signs or a worse chance that he signs. Will a team even try to sign anyone that still might be a free agent? Uh, right back at you. Toast to you. Say, thank you very much, Mr. Uh, Mr. Carlson. Tim Matheny, my dark horse AL Rookie of the Year. Uh, speaking of a gyro Munoz, uh, Tate Matheny, wasn't he the one who told uh, um, uh, Coach Mike Matheny that gyro was a, a plus defender out in the outfield, in center field, although he had never, ever played with him or against him in center field? Oh, that's hilarious. Sam Smith says, play in the cold. I'm with you. Jay Nepici says, how's Matheny looking over in KC in spring? You know, I saw a bunch of, so I think his name's Alec Lewis. He writes for The Athletic. Uh, uh, for the Royals, too, I think, in the Kansas City area. And he tweeted out that they, they're they saying that that clubhouse feels energized. Like, they're responding really well to Mike Matheny. Now, I, I don't know what that means. Again, uh, that's something we're just going to have to wait and see. But they seem to be responsive to him. You know, as a Cardinal fan, it breaks my heart the direction that it went in with Matheny as a manager because I love Mike Matheny, the catcher for the Cardinals. Uh so, you know, now that he's not the Cardinals manager, I wish him no- nothing but the best. Even when he was the Cardinals manager, I wish him nothing but the best. But I just think that, like, I hope that he's learned from his mistakes, and I hope that he- he's become a better manager. Uh, I want to root for that guy because I do like him, and he was a good guy. Uh, but he wasn't a great manager for the Cardinals, and that's a bummer. Austin Stone says, sup, big sexy. What's up, Austin Stone? How are you? Colonel Angus says, bye, Kyle. I love you. That was an emotional roller coaster, Colonel Angus. Blake says, I agree. Everything got canceled too soon, including March Madness, but especially college basketball. March Madness is right on, or college baseball, I mean. Uh, March Madness is right on the cusp of that. Like, I understand why they canceled March Madness. Being March, probably not anything's going to be ready until April. Then again, maybe they could have got creative and just pushed it back a month. But yeah, like, uh, uh, I just, I wish that they just would have suspended things, even if it was for two weeks, only to cancel them two weeks later. Uh, Not only for the players, not only for the, the spectators, but for the people who are going to make money off of it, uh, concession workers, et cetera, ushers. Um, that, like, I just, I wish I would have held off on just a little bit there. BJ Dittman says, can we get a toast to the memoriam of the 2020 
uh, a toast in memoriam to the 2020 NCAA basketball tournament. I do feel like we should play that uh, that CBS uh, like music note that they have whenever they're they're cutting down the nets uh, to the 2020 NCAA tournament that never happened and all the other events in 2020 that are never going to happen. We're going to raise our glass and drink to that. Let's see. Uh, the days of lore. Hey, what's up, Mark? Hey, Kyle. Uh, make baseball start now. Ugh, I'm trying. I swear I'm trying. And apparently I just have a pull a hemorrhoid or something. Uh, Danger Power says, Kyle, what is your ideal starting rotation season started tomorrow? Again, if that would mean that Michaelis is on the IL. Uh, and I would like Jack Flaherty to be followed by Carlos Martinez, to be followed by the spring version of Dakota Hudson. And again, I'm not always the biggest Dakota Hudson fan, but the spring version of him has been filthy and nasty. Uh, and then I, I, you have to put Adam Wainwright in it, whether you want to or not. And then I like both Kim and Ponce de Leon. Uh, I would like Kim in the bullpen because of the lefty issue that I see in the bullpen, because I would also like Gomber and uh, Henesis down at AAA, stretching out of starters, with Ponce de Leon as the fifth starter. But I will say that, and it was something that we talked about on B-Shape Daily uh, uh, with Brennan Schaefer, and you should go listen to that because that was a great conversation is that I like the idea of Kim and Ponce de Leon in kind of a piggybacking situation. Like, get Ponce de Leon two times through the lineup and then put Kim in. That way you can monitor both their innings. Uh, remember, Kim isn't stretched out for, like, uh, uh, every fifth day kind of thing. That way you can monitor their innings, kind of optimize their, their effectiveness, uh, and also kind of save the bullpen at the same time. I just like to be creative like that. So that's something similar to what I would do right now. Dan Russ says, you guys should just start a regular podcast together. It was a great pod. Thank you very much. I would gladly uh, entertain that in any capacity with Brendan. He, he's a great, a, a great dude. He's been nothing but kind to me. Uh, what's popping from uh, Meg's Daily Dose? I, I don't know, Meg. We're just talking about baseball and NCAA and coronavirus and uh, anything that comes into your mind. What's popping with you, Meg's Daily Dose? You let us know. ZT Stokes says, today was a crazy day for us clubhouse guys, uh, rushing guys to the airport and such. I can't imagine. You know, I can't imagine what it was like to book of flights from spring training to, uh, you know, to hometowns or towns that the team uh, plays in. I cannot imagine what that was like. I can't imagine the logistics of it. To ZT Stokes and all the clubhouse people who were a part of rushing around to get guys to the airport, uh, uh, to the, not only to the, the clubhouse guys, but to everyone behind the scenes that are, are working to – Facilitate the logistics of all this. I raise my glass. Josh said had ticks to the O's opening day. My first opening day is going to have to wait, I guess. Yeah, that's a, that's a shame, bud. But hopefully uh, it makes it easier somehow in some capacity. Maybe maybe it'll open up your schedule in the long run and you'll actually get to go to a game and enjoy it in a way you might otherwise not. You know, I, I am of the mindset with everything now. And I'm trying to force myself to be this way, like, it's so easy to dwell on what we're missing, and it's okay to talk about what we've missed and what we're going to miss, but let's not, let's not let that control us. You know, let's, let's definitely focus on what we still have that is good. Uh, otherwise, you get caught in that rabbit hole, and it sucks you in, and there's no getting out of it. Friggin' Cards, how does the break affect who starts on the roster? You think it would be the same today as it would? I think it just depends on how long the break is. And, you know, uh, the Miles Michaelis is the first name that keeps coming to mind. Miles Michaelis and Brett Cecil. Andrew Miller, too. You know, I, we'll see about Andrew Miller. Maybe now he has a chance to build up his arm strength. You know, maybe that numbness in his fingers goes away. Uh, maybe they can manage the thoracic, thoracic outlet syndrome, which I'm terribly butchering in a pronunciation standpoint. 
Uh, you just never know. But I would think that, yeah, what ends up happening there is it might end up allowing Miles Michaelis a chance to be a starting pitcher on opening day, get Andrew Miller and Brett Cecil in the bullpen, whether we want one or both or any of them in there. Uh, that's I think that those are the like the three that, that come into play here. And also, you know, you never know how this goes. These next couple of weeks or days or hours or months, maybe somebody falls out of shape. Maybe they don't want to go to the gym because they're afraid of the coronavirus. And maybe they put themselves in a position where they pull a muscle that they otherwise might not. And then that'll change how uh, uh, we go. You know, from a blue standpoint, they're going to get Vladimir Tarasenko back if the season ever starts uh, with probably more games than they otherwise would have. Uh, and healthy, so that's a positive for them. But uh, yeah, that, that's my thought. Friggin' cards, it's a great question. Be a month or two from now, yeah, I would think so too. But we're gonna have to wait and see. Cards fan zero uh, two two says, well, at least by the time the season starts, everybody should be healthy. Yeah, we're talking about that a little bit as I'm trying to get caught up to everyone. And again, my thing says I'm 25 messages behind. We're probably somewhere between five or ten minutes behind where you're asking your questions. So just stay tuned, and we promise we'll get to them. Keep the questions coming, I promise. Uh, yeah, let's see. T. White, Travis White says, I think the White Sox says rosters are frozen for now. Cool. See, I hadn't heard that. That's a nice little bit of information. Thank you so much for that. White Sox GM. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a, that, Thank you. Um, Andy Pants, do I have coronavirus yet? Uh, come here, and I'll test you. Um, you're not going to want the test that I'm going to give you, but I promise it'll be effective. March Hayden says, my prediction is that MLB will begin June 1st, and that would leave approximately 100 games left. I Look, if it, the MLB starts on June 1st, that's fine. But I would also like, like, 100 games, and 100 games left, like, that's a, a fun little interesting number. But there's probably a way to get some doubleheaders in there, and I'd like to see that. Hack Muff says, hey, what's up, hey, to, uh, to uh, uh, Hack, how are you, bud? Welcome to Prospects After Dark. I'm in a bar, and I can't hear anything, but I hope you're dealing with withdrawals. Better than I am. Heck, no one is dealing well with this, bud. No one is dealing well. Uh, I raise my glass to you, my, my friend there in Arizona. Let's see. This fucking thing goes crazy. Josh, what player were you most impressed with this spring? For me, it was Paulie D. Yeah. Paul DeYoung, uh, the way the adjustments that he made, the way that he got himself into, uh, like, tremendous shape, you could tell he was just in better shape. Like, I love that. That was a good thing. Um, you know, I Harrison Bader... Tyler O'Neill's batting eye, although he struck out like 150 times. Uh, Dylan Carlson, super impressed with Dylan Carlson. Nolan Gorman, hunting early in counts for his pitch so that he doesn't get into bad hitters' counts to strike out. Uh, I, I like that a lot. You know, Edmundo Sosa, you'd be hard-pressed to find a player who did more for his stock so far in spring than Edmundo Sosa. Zach Thompson looked amazing. Prospect number five on the Dirty 35. Easily the most impressive prospect in camp. Uh, uh, you know, again, I don't consider Dylan Carlson a prospect because in my mind, he's already a professional. But yeah, there's been a lot of guys and I think you'd have to start that, that list with Paul DeYoung. Derek says they should still release the brackets would at least give ESPN something to talk about. I'm surprised they're not talking about it anyways. You know, that's usually what they do. Lucas says, I was with my D2 college women's basketball team at the tournament. Those girls were crushed. Oh, should have postponed. Oh man, Luke, that kills me, man. Oh, that kills me. That's so hard. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. They should have postponed. That makes me wish that they had postponed even more. To uh, all the people affected by this, I, uh, uh, I I raise my glass. I guess it's been a while since we've worn the Jurassic Kick Park shirt. So my kickball team, Jurassic Kick Park. Uh, Gifts just noticed that. Uh, let's see. Sweatin' Petite One, welcome to your first day. Why Ponce over Gomber? 
Uh, you know, I don't really have a reason. I think they've both been really good. I've just been more impressed with Daniel Ponce de Leon. And I'll be honest, I love Austin Gomber. And Austin Gomber is going to be a starter for the St. Louis Cardinals at some point during the 2020 season. I would like him to be at the Meyer Leagues, stretched out, ready to go. Because I want him and Henesis and Jake Woodford uh, ready to answer the call uh, when the door is not, when the when the phone rings. Like, I want the Cardinals to still have starting options. And I just think Daniel Ponce de Leon's been better. I, I, Gomber's been amazing. I think Ponce de Leon's been better. I know Kim's going to be on the roster. And I want Gomber to be in a position to get a call up when it's needed. That's why. Uh, from That was Brock Benefield. Uh Farmer Vala says, Oviedo or Thompson, who has a higher upside? I'm going to say Thompson. You know, uh, Oviedo's big and strong, and he has that big velocity fastball and a couple of really good off-speed pitches. Thompson doesn't necessarily have that fastball, but he has that pitchability that you look for in every pitching prospect that you can find. So I, 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 think, I think his floor is higher. I think his ceiling's higher. Uh, uh, he doesn't necessarily have the potential to have that, like, uh, that thing that, like, blows you away that Oviedo has, although his slider and his curveball look like look like plus pitches potentially. Uh, he doesn't have that fastball that's going to wow you. But I'm going to say Thompson. I would take – look, I will always take the more polished prospect over uh, maybe the more raw prospect uh, uh, when given the opportunity. Cardia says, why has baseball been reluctant to piggyback guys? Seems like that with our depth, that would be ideal. They've been reluctant because no one's done it. Uh, you know how this thing works. Just like with the opener, it just takes one team to do it. Uh, why have they been reluctant to do it? Uh, I, I don't know. I, my guess is that they're afraid of, you know, what happens if you start getting a Ponce de Leon and he's rocked and then you put Kim in and he gets rocked. Well, then you still have a bullpen game and you're at a disadvantage, uh, uh, like using your bullpen for the rest of the week. And then what happens if it happens again? Then you've got to make adjustments. Now, I would argue that you still have to make those adjustments uh, uh, regardless if you're using one or two pitchers. Uh, but I, I, my answer to your question is, I don't know, but I would like to see them get creative because I think that they're in a unique spot to be able to be creative because of their pitching depth. The days of lore. How long do you think the team lets flower Fowler flounder before they sit him? My guess would be a month. Uh, honestly, my guess would be a month, uh, uh, at least maybe two months. Remember if the season had started at normal time, what we have seen in both 2018 and 2019 is the Cardinals wait until about June 8th to June 10th to make changes where change is needed. Uh, people forget that last, you know, entering the All-Star break last year, the Cardinals were 46 and 44, which was the same record that they had in 2018. It wasn't until they got creative and inventive and aggressive about making changes in both, you know, the roster and the rotation uh, and the lineup that they started to excel. Uh, the year before, of course, it was a managerial change that prompted all of that. Uh, but yes, uh, my guess would be at least a month. Uh, my guess would be at least a month. At least a month. And then, uh, you know, if he's hitting .69 again, they would make a, a change. But then again, if he doesn't get a hit for two weeks and he's striking out a bunch, you know, Schilt would do that thing where, like, oh, I'll wrap my arms around his, I'll put my arm around his shoulder and I just told him how much I loved him. And uh, 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 then he'd get, like, three days off and then try again for a couple weeks. Sam Smitty says, the biggest losses in all of this – uh, sports cancellation or youth high school and college. Yeah, that's a bummer. You know, this is important developmental time. Although, yeah, it's important developmental time and it's good for the kids and it gets kids out of trouble and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Look, I, I think that sometimes we get caught up in like what the biggest loss is 
and anybody who's affected by this, I kind of put on like the same plane here. I just, you know, we're all kind of affected, but you're right. I, I definitely think that there's a little more weight that goes into youth, high school, and college uh, because these are formative times in their life. The bonds that are created in these types of environments uh, cannot be matched anywhere else. Uh, and it also is it's just a good, a good activity for them to take part in, you know, in the early part of your life. So I'm with you. Yeah, the, I'm with you for sure. Iowa next says, what was Helsley looking like, a bullpen guy or Memphis bound? No, he was definitely looking like a bullpen guy. They were using him late in starts for a couple innings at a time. Looked like that was going to probably be the role that they were going to use him in. Drew Langley says, your five favorite road stadiums. You know, I've been to Fenway. I went to old Yankee Stadium. I love Kauffman. I think Kauffman's a very, very underrated stadium. Uh, I'm not that big on Wrigley. Wrigley's whatever to me. You know, I'm a minor league guy, so I like minor league stadiums. I love Memphis. I love AutoZone Park. I love Hammonds Field in Springfield. Uh, uh, I, I like Dozer Park in Peoria. Uh, Roger Dean Stadium's awesome. Uh, you can't really beat that from a venue standpoint. Uh, other than that, like, I've never been to PNC. I'd love to go to PNC. I've never been to uh, uh, AT&T Park or whatever, Safeco or whatever, uh, I'd, I'd like to go to Safeco. That's beautiful. I've never been to San Francisco. I'd like to go there. Um, just from like watching at home, those would be some of the, the things that come to my mind, but we'll see. C70 says, feel like being in this chat is violating quarantine. Yeah, we're definitely going to give you a case of something, C70, uh, that no one's going to be able to cure you of. Dan Russ says, I have tickets for Denver and vacation planned around it. Hope that is still in play. Me too, bud. Me too. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully if the tickets... Now, when you say tickets for Denver, do you mean airline tickets to Denver? You mean Cardinals versus the Rockies? Hopefully, if you have Cardinals versus Rocky tickets, then even if the games are canceled, you can still have a great vacation in Denver, uh, whatever that would entail. Again, it would suck that the Cardinals games would be canceled, but we have to focus on what we can do and what we have. Uh, and if we can still take that vacation to Denver, we should love it and enjoy it and be happy about it and make the most of it. JD BJ Dittman says... I have 2011 Cards Championship DVD and have never opened it. Seems the time is nearing. Absolutely. Look, uh, if you have any chance to go and uh, uh, watch anything from the 2011 World Series, I highly recommend it. Ty Kaysen says, how does this work for Dylan Carlson's service time? I don't think we have any idea. You know, uh, somebody just brought it up in the chat a second ago. Uh, I don't remember who it was, and I'm sorry about that. Maybe Travis White. I don't remember, but they said that rosters are at a freeze right now. So I don't think we know yet. Uh, you know, I think all of that stuff is still up in the air. And like we mentioned earlier in the show, I, I don't think that MLB knows yet. I don't think the Major League Baseball Players Association knows yet. And I think all of that is still fluid. Uh, but also, I, you know, I want Dylan Carlson on the roster probably as much as his family does, I would think, as much as he deserves it. Um, but I also don't think the Cardinals are going to jockey his service time the way that, like, Chris Bryant's service time is jockey. Uh but like your question about how it affects his service time, I don't think that there's an answer to that question yet. I think we're going to have to wait and see. I think it just depends on how long the, the break is. Josh says, if the whole season is toast, what would happen to players on a one-year contract? Again, I don't think that we know the answer to that question. Uh, I think that some type of agreement would have to be made between the Major League Baseball Players Association and the owners. There'd probably be some type of settlement would be my guess. And those players would go back to the free agent market. Um, but again, I don't think we know there's not a precedence for this and I don't think an agreement has been made or, or a resolution to that type of question has been made. You know, again, I always try to look for the common ground and to me it would be, you know, you give them some type of prorated uh, value for their one year contract. 
and then or or maybe they're all signed back to like another whatever and then they all get their free agency like that's that would make sense to me but i i, I don't know they're smarter than i am they they understand the logistics of all that way better than i do Josh says, imagine Betts not playing a single regular season game in L.A. Oh, God, that would be something else. After the way that that offseason went, oh, that would be just crushing if you're an L.A. Dodgers fan. STL Nation, assuming he stays healthy, where do you like Reyes on opening day, the starter or the bullpen, STL or Memphis? I like him in the bullpen. I think that's his best option. And STL or Memphis, look, uh, here's what I think. I think there are times when Alex Reyes has looked really good so far this spring. But I also think that he looks exactly like he looked last off or last spring training. Now, he looked great last spring training at times. He was still not throwing enough strikes, and he was still getting hit, like, hard, randomly, although he was striking out people. So I am on the minority here. I want Alex Reyes to go back to Memphis. Uh, uh, I can't believe I'm saying that. I can't believe I want that. Uh, and maybe by the time we get back from all of this, he looks better, his command's better. Uh, and he's not getting hit hard. But, you know, his velocity's down from where it used to be. Uh, and his command is not particularly good. So, for me, uh, I think that there are better options internally uh, uh, that I would like to see have that spot. And I would like for him to go down to Memphis and not rush him and let him earn the chance to pitch at the major league level. Jane Napici says, where do you see Kim's number? What? Where do you see Kim's numbers as a starter all season without getting hurt or moving to the pen? Here, uh, we talked about it again during the B-Shape Daily uh, thing just a little while ago. Again, check that out, B-Shape, Brennan Shaper. What really opened my eyes about Kim was when Josh Donaldson said that he can't pick the ball up out of Kim's hands. I, you know, I expected a good season out of Kim. I wouldn't say a great season. I expected something good. But to hear Josh Donaldson say that changes my entire, like, thought process. Uh, If he has that amazing level of a deception where he can completely fool a guy and hide the ball so well from a guy with MVP, MVP votes to his name uh, uh, who can hit 40 home runs and do serious damage, then that means he's probably better than I'm giving him credit for or better than I understand. So, you know, from a number standpoint, you know, maybe a K in inning, uh, I don't know if that's unreasonable. He needs to do a better job of not tipping his curveball. But then again, if he doesn't throw it that often, I guess it doesn't really matter if he's tipping it or not. Um, yeah, I... I don't really know. I, I would suggest that maybe by the end of the year, he would be a very viable number three starter in any rotation. If not, maybe a little bit more than that or a little bit less than that. I, I think if you want to be super optimistic, you say that, you know, based on what you've seen out of spring training and the comments out of Josh Donaldson, that he has the potential to be uh, a solid number three without wavering and maybe even something more, but he's, he's interesting. Hey, Victoria, how are you? Welcome to prospects after dark. <laughs> Ron Nuttall says, Announcement, Disney released The Rise of Skywalker tonight digitally. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, G. Brown says, so August? Yeah, August to anything you want, baby. August to anything you want. Alpha1136 says, you have nothing to talk about. No, I never have anything to talk about. Look, we're on like 80 episodes of Prospects After Dark, and we have never talked about anything of importance or anything really worth talking about. Most of the time we talk about Cardinals baseball. Uh, Sometimes we're talking about coronavirus in here now. I'll gladly talk about what cheese we'd fuck. We talked about that a bunch. Like four episodes we spent talking about the cheese we'd sodomize. Uh, I will talk about uh, what my favorite fruit to stick inside of myself is if you want to talk about that. Look, we'll talk about anything, but we definitely do not have anything to talk about. Josh says, um, uh, need me someone like Schilt to wrap me in their arms and tell me they love me, to be honest. Don't we all... Uh, uh, don't we 
all, Josh? Don't we all? Yeah, between um, she'll wrap. I'll just wrap my I wrap. I wrap my arms around him because he got kind of. I wrap my arms around him and I told him everything gonna be okay. And then Coach Maddox, who does the like shoulder grip. There's nothing but love in that clubhouse. That's my kind of uh, clubhouse. Hey, Jody. Hello, Jody Umo is here. Hello, Jody. Welcome to our little thing. Uh, Drew Langley says, you wear that Langford jersey or just display it? Well, Drew Langley, we used to wear it, uh, but after his uh, after he was inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame, we wore it to that ceremony, and that'll be the last time we ever wear it. It's been hanging ever since. Uh, hey, Ben Godard is in here. Hello, Ben. One of my one of my favorite Twitter people. I love that, Ben. Jay Napici says, if the MLB expands, who do you root for getting a team? I personally root for Portland. I have a brother who lives in Portland, um, and I would love to move to Portland sometime in the future. And I would love to be able to root for a Major League Baseball team in Portland. Be a tough thing to kind of work out logistically. I know that they have a stadium and the Diamond Project and blah, blah, blah. But I would root for the people of Portland uh, and my brother and that. And I would also root for Montreal because I would love to have baseball in Montreal again because I love the fucking Expos. What an awesome symbol that is. Uh, and a perfectly engineered color scheme. So those would be the two places that I would root for. You know, I'd root for Nashville, too. Uh, and Austin, I would like both of those. I can see the viability of Las Vegas, another another city you brought up. Um, uh, but for me, like if I had to pick two teams, I would or two cities, I would vote. I would I would root for Portland and Montreal. Although I think that like San Antonio or Austin or Nashville and Las Vegas are probably more feasible uh, than any any of the than Portland or Montreal. Uh, let's see. Hello from Atlanta, from Diamond Truck Girl. Uh, to you, which is probably a sex spot, I raise my glass. For those of you who are new to PAD, we have a very, very strong sex bot community. The days of lore. I actually haven't caught how Seamart was being has was doing uh, this spring. Is he looking like a starter? Now, he had a rough last uh, uh, appearance, a rough last start during spring training. Uh, but before that, he looked amazing, in my opinion. Now, uh, in his third to last start, he struggled a little bit with his command early in the start and then got it together and looked like old Seamart. Um but yeah, up until that last that last little deal against the Mets when he was going up against the Grom, he looked like a starter. He looked good, and then he got beat around a little bit that last time. Uh, hey now, 1991, did you get your toilet paper? Yeah, I've got so much toilet paper, you wouldn't believe it. Like, uh, I could literally have an anus the size of my mouth and have enough toilet paper to keep me covered for a long time. Cardinals fan 22 says, Martinez has looked really good as a starter, which is nice to see. I agree. Uh, welcome, L-L-O-L-I-S-S. It's your first day. Welcome. Sam Smitty is asked to join. If I knew how to do it, I'd let you. Cards, yes, says, Velveeta is the only acceptable cheese to smash. Now, we talked about this. Now, I think it just depends. Like, now, like a triple creme, I think you could get away with fucking a triple creme. Definitely Velveeta is the one that makes the most sense. Like, you wouldn't want to go after a Swiss cheese. Obviously makes it very accessible and easy. Hello, Craig Mish. Welcome to the cheese conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll move on. Hey, now, 1991. You got me in the mood for some peanuts and Cracker Jack. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I ever get back. So it's root, root, root for the end of Corona. <laughs> uh, Days of Lore says, move to Portland, Kyle. At the very least, let's grab a beer when you're here visiting your brother. Mark Lore, I promise you, the next time I find my way up to Portland, we'll let you know. Um, that'd be great. I'd love that. Uh, let's see. Uh, do you think that Munoz socially isolated due to coronavirus? You know, poor Gyro Munoz. You know, I, here's what I think ended up happening there. I mean, other than what we've heard from Mr. Muzalek and from his agent, um, 
or from Mr. Mosaic, like through his agent or a, whatever. Uh, I think that he was obviously, I don't, I don't think this, we know that he wasn't happy with his role last year. He pulled that hammy and my guess is he just got frustrated and was upset. Uh, and again, saw a lot of guys getting playing time around him while he wasn't necessarily getting playing time. You know, and he worked hard to get himself in great physical shape this offseason. And I think he just got frustrated. And, you know, we've seen over the last couple of years him be a very emotional guy, not in a negative way, you know, uh, in a very positive way. His emotions help fuel the team. Uh, he's a really interesting guy. Uh, and I think he just got frustrated and acted emotionally. And uh, unfortunately, things didn't work out here with the Cardinals. And my hope is that, you know, after all of this subsides, uh, once coronavirus runs its course, that that guy finds his way into a major league organization somewhere where he gets a chance to be a regular or, you know, a, a, a prominent bench bat because he does have that potential to, to be a, a good bench bat at the very least. So, uh, you know, to, I, I, I'm sorry to lump you in here, Mr. Mish, but to Craig Mish uh, uh, and to Jairo Munoz, I raise my glass. Uh, I wish nothing but the best for both of them. And, but specifically since we're talking about him now, uh, Jairo Munoz, I, I, I want nothing but the best for everyone. So I don't want bad things to happen to Jairo Munoz. I want him to get his hammy healthy, and I want him to get him back in baseball. That is, if that's what he wants. Uh, Shieldface says, hello, all. Hello, Shieldface. Uh, Lucas K says, Kyle eats Arby's. Of course he has toilet paper. Uh, again, hello, Craig Mish. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. It's, uh, Mr. Mish, it is a pleasure to have you back in here. Um, again, look, we're all just like what you're doing, what everyone else is doing. We are all just trying really hard to sort through this, you know, uh, with the lack of information that we have with, uh, uh, the uncertainty of it all. It's just, it's a lot of reacting and trying to stay as level-minded and as clear-headed about it while hoping for the best, bud. And if you have any recommendations or any thoughts, we'd love to hear them. Cardia says, you're the best. Thanks for this. It needed it. Hey, Cardia, it's my pleasure. You're the best. We really appreciate you being in here. And we're really, really thankful for you to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, always hit me up on Twitter if you have anything at all. Uh, let's see. Cardsfan022 says, is it just me or is the entire Muno situation hilarious? I understand while people think it's hilarious. Uh, I, I definitely get that. But it's also tragic. Like, it's sad. It's definitely, like, if you... If you were stepping away and you just heard, like, oh, this dude was pissed, he just flew back home, uh, you'd be like, wow, that's actually kind of funny. That's a super dramatic move. That's kind of funny. But then when you, like, put the human into it, it's like, man, that's such a bummer. That poor guy. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, uh, the players want to play 162, says Craig Mish. And that's important, and I think that that's good. And uh, you know, just guessing, my thought would be that barring, like, the cost of uh, the logistics of getting to people to and from, I would imagine that most owners would want to play 162 games too to maximize their investment. So if the players want to play 162 and hopefully the owners want to play 162, if they can work out the logistics of it, then uh, uh, that's a good sign. We want to hear, like I personally want to hear that the players want to play 162. I think that that is a good sign. Derek says, any chance Thompson starts in Memphis I don't know if there's necessarily a chance that he starts in Memphis. I think that there was a good chance he was going to start in Springfield. Uh, I, I would say a very small chance, but I will say that as impressive as he was at spring training, I would have loved to. I wanted to see the Cardinals get aggressive. As He's our number five prospect on the Dirty 35, as we have talked uh, in that write-up and on Prospects After Dark. 
I want the Cardinals to be as aggressive with him as his own personal development allows. So I think that he was pretty close to being ready for Memphis. Uh, I am always a little bit more conservative with players' development. I would have liked for him to start at Springfield, get five or six starts if he's dominant, get him to Memphis as soon as possible. Uh, let's see. Somebody named Nelson51962 gave a super heart. We still don't know what super hearts mean, but Nelson, uh, we raise our glass to you. Thank you so much. Uh, boy, we're going to get drunk tonight. Holy cow. Uh, let's see. Jay Kaiser, 99, says, with no baseball for a bit, best baseball books to read until we get games. Well, let me recommend that you go online and you read the Dirty 35, my top 35 prospects uh, within the Cardinals organization over at Birds on the Black. I would recommend reading uh, – uh, uh, now, Derek Gould wrote a book. I'd read it, look, just Google search Derek Gould, whatever Derek Gould read, read wrote, read. Uh, read the Baseball America Top Prospects list. Um, three Nights in August, um, pornography, um, comic books. Uh, but baseball books, I'm not going to be able to help you out because I don't really read. I basically just watch minor league baseball and professional baseball and hope that no one notices how dumb I am all the time. Uh, let's see. Iowa Neck asked Craig, are they willing to do double headers? Uh, and Mr. Mish said, uh, May to June to July to August to September and October gives us that six months, that beautiful, beautiful six months. Shieldface says, is there a chance for a Christmas World Series? I would say there is almost no possibility of a Christmas World Series, but I also don't know what kind of time frame we're looking at. No one really knows what kind of time frame we're looking at. There's a time frame we're all hoping for that we're hoping to see, uh, but uh, uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. You know, I, I would say no, but I guess you just never know. I, I would think that there's no way. Uh, Iowa Next says, what will happen to the gambling industry with no sports to bet on? Man, that's a great question. You're going to see a lot of prop bets about, like, will Gallagher break that watermelon in one swing, I would think. Will Lady Gaga expose herself on national TV? Uh, no, I really don't know. The gambling industry, look, every industry is in trouble now. The gambling industry, the service industry, the restaurant industry. That's why it's important that if you have a little bit of money... Or if you have a job that hasn't been affected by this, that you help support those industries. I wouldn't say support gambling unless you want to. I mean, do whatever you want, really. I obviously don't care. I'm filled with vices. My life is one big vice. So I'm not going to lecture anyone on their vices. Uh, but this is a very important time for that we all support, uh, maybe a little bit more aggressively, uh, uh, each other. Uh, and things that we might other otherwise might not. Uh, how's it going to affect them? It's going to be brutal. I would imagine it's going to be brutal. And they're going, you're going to be able to place a bet on nearly anything at this point, I would think. Uh, Craig Mish says, H or KH Kim looked great. He could have a big year. I'm with you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mish. I thought Daniel Ponce de Leon looks great. I thought Austin Gomber looked great. I thought Mr. Uh, Mr. Kim looked great. I think the Cardinals, uh, from like a pitching staff standpoint, that's been the one major positive about the Cardinals offseason. So, or the Cardinals spring training before it was shut down was how good the pitching had been. You know, even uh, even the minor leaguers all looked pretty damn good. Josh says, why do you? Uh, what do you know? about the guy we traded Austin Dean for. That's Dylan Burgess. Now, he was an 18-year-old. I think he might have just turned 19 outfielder. He's a good size. He's like 6'3", 6'4", good build. Uh, he actually reminds me a little bit of Justin Williams. He has a better swing than Justin Williams, but he's that lefty type where he's not exactly the quickest, not exactly the fastest, but he has good speed, uh, has a bat that can make a ton of contact with a lot of different stuff. Uh, he seems like the kind of guy. Now, Fangrass rated him 11. I think that's a little aggressive. No one else really has him rated. I had him as an honorable mention when I rated the outfielders within the organization. 
Uh, but he has uh, the ability to make contact with raw power, uh, uh, who did really well in the Dominican Summer League, but then struggled in the Florida State League last year. Uh, I guess he has a chance to be a guy, but there's a lot of things that need to break right for him. Uh, what I was told about Diawell before he was traded is that he wasn't the most athletic outfielder that maybe his size, even though he's not like a, a chunky or anything, but maybe like his, his, his height and everything kind of limits his athleticism. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I just think that he's kind of a minor league 19 year old, uh, a version of, of Justin Williams to a degree, you know, further away with maybe with that kind of upside cards. Yeah. Says, Yes or no, Kisner is traded with the emergence of Pereira. Uh, I would say yes. You know, I I love the Kisner family. Um, I love those people. They're amazing people. And I want Andrew to have a chance to be a major league regular as soon as possible. I think that's the best thing for baseball because I think the kid has a dynamic personality. Let me tell you this. If Andrew Kisner were to go to the Yankees or the Mets, uh, he'd be on a Wheaties box. He's the personality of David Wright. Like, there, he has that transcending personality, that transcending feel. He's a really interesting kid in that regard. Um, uh, I don't know if he's gonna—he's not gonna have that kind of career or anything. Like that's—that's that's a huge ask. But he's gonna be a major league regular uh, for many, many years, and I would love for him to get that opportunity. So yes, I definitely want him to get traded so that he gets that opportunity. Uh, but with Herrera's emergence, and also don't forget Julio Rodriguez, who provides just that extra little bit of depth along with Dennis Ortega, who's had an amazing spring training uh, in, in Major League Camp. He has that extra little bit of depth that a lot of other people didn't necessarily have, you know? Um, uh, uh, so, yes, I do think that Herrera and Julio Rodriguez and Dennis Ortega, to a lesser degree, make Kisner expendable in a way that they might not otherwise have been. Uh, let's see. Helms Sammy. Hey, what's up, Helms? Uh, Mr. Sammy, uh, Mr. Helms. Wow, you're on the most interesting thing. You're, you are... The most interesting thing in days. Yeah, what a disaster. That's the world we live in. Uh, now, Craig Mish, before he left, said that uh, Mr. Kim, K.H. Uh, Kim, was probably the most impressive guy I saw that I was unfamiliar with. So that's a positive. That's great. Thank you for the information, Mr. Mish. Uh, <laughs> I just got, an, uh, I got a text message from Amanda who says, hey, I just got your picture from some type of a website or something. Uh, wow, they're getting really aggressive with the text message, uh, uh, unsolicited nonsense. Uh, Stu Style says, I bet on cricket today. That's how bad it is. LOL. Oh, what a disaster. Helms. <laughs> yes, yeah, Stu. You know, we're going to be, like, I would imagine that the gambling industry is going to be betting on, like, criminal arrest records from now on. It's going to be, uh, how many over under six, the amount of people pulled over in North City between 1230 and 1245. I imagine that that's how the prop bets are going to go from from here. Helm Sammy says, I'm so fucking bored without STL Sports. Love you, man. To you, Helm Sammy. Helm Sammy. To you. To all the people who are going through sports withdrawals. Uh, to everybody who's affected by this. We raise our glass. Welcome to Prospects After Dark on a Friday night. We're an hour and 15 minutes in. I don't know how we found anything to talk about in this last hour and 15 minutes. Uh, but we're doing it. And so bring your thoughts. Uh, we're going to end up having to do Pat every night. We're going to end up talking about my personal life, which is something I avoid, like the plague, like the coronavirus. STL Nation says, love the Brad Miller pickup. Miller, Edmund, Ravello, Weeders, and Thomas could be a strong bench. You know, even if you isolate that to just Weeders and Miller and Ravello, and we'll say Edmund. I think that that's probably safe. 
Yeah, that's a that's a strong bench right there. You know, whether that that next option is Sosa or Thomas or whoever, because I think there's an argument to be made that you send Lane Thomas back to AAA if you're not going to start him every day or whatever, uh, and then Edmundo Sosa can be your shortstop backup or whatever. Um, I think that there's an argument to be made there. Then yeah, I I do. I think that the Cardinals are deep. Like we we complain about their top end talent, and I understand that uh, uh, it would be really nice to have Anthony Rendon or Nolan Arenado or Bryce Harper, and I would love all of that. But the good news is the Cardinals are in a position where they are capable of outlasting teams, uh, and in a big way. So we'll see how that all plays out once the season starts. I don't think any of us really know how this is all going to go, but I definitely like all of the depth that the Cardinals have. Randall Rose, hey, what's up, Randall? How are you? Double headers every weekend, or I'll be depressed forever. I'll tell you what, I think that that would be good for baseball. You know, here's what you do. You limit the commercial breaks, you stack those games right on top of each other, and you just give people six straight hours of baseball. You know, uh, uh, two games. Uh, give me two games of baseball, six hours, and just roll through it. I, I, I would love to see that. I think that that's good. So that from, you know, 3 o'clock till 9 o'clock on a Saturday, 3 o'clock till 9 o'clock on a Sunday, you have baseball. Just give it a try. Try something new. Get aggressive. Give me those doubleheaders. I, I want baseball. I want doubleheaders. I want as much Major League Baseball action as, as baseball can throw at me once baseball is going. I want them to make up for the time that we are all missing right now. You know, the other thing I, I want to make abundantly clear, that once this all clears up, and once they get back to the second camp and second spring training or whatever the hell they're going to call it, all of those games need to be televised. They need to be on MLB.com. They need to be free without blackouts. And we all need to be watching them. Major League Baseball should do everything they can to get those games right in front of people to get people ready for the season, to get them excited for the season. That is something that I want to see and I'm going to lobby for. It's not going to matter because I'm fucking no one. Uh, uh, but... That's what I want to see, and I think that that's the right thing to do. That would be a good way to get people fired up. Put it right in front of everyone. And also, those those spring games, find some way to make them super interesting. Limit the amount of people that they can have at camp. Make them accelerated. Make them like, here's the deal. You have, you have 25 days. This isn't a tryout thing. You have 25 days to get everybody together. Get your rotation together. Get them rolling. Uh, uh, you're going to have... X amount of arms so that you have bullpen innings covered because you're going to start pitchers out, your rotation out at two innings. You can bring in arms all you want, but this isn't a, 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 a gearing up for the major leagues thing. This is a getting in shape minor league rehab assignment so that we're ready to go when the season starts. Shiltface says, thoughts? Tara just posted MILB sending all players home with no pay. Oh, God, and some to heavy infected areas. Oh, oh. why? God, that breaks my heart. Oh, that's sad. So the thing is, the clubs play, the, the Major League Cub, clubs play, pay the players. Pay the goddamn players. Pay the minor leaguers. That's a goddamn joke. That is a fucking shame. God, that pisses me off. What a fucking disaster that is. Baseball's a joke, man. The owners are a joke. You know, I, I keep hearing all this rhetoric about how hard it is to make money. And look, I, I'm not saying that what the team's valuation is how much money they're making because it's not. That's a joke. People who say that are dumb. But I can't imagine that you can't afford to pay minor leaguers just a little bit of money. Yeah, you're, you only pay them $1,000 a month in some cases. In most cases, uh, during the season, just give them $1,000. Like, 
you can they can afford that. A thousand dollars is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But they can afford to pay them that, man. Here, here's you want to talk about how this is going to affect baseball? How many players aren't going to be able to continue to play baseball because of this? How, how many minor leaguers are not going to be able to continue to play baseball because for a month or two months they might not get paid? They might need to take like a real job uh, doing construction. A real job? What a fucking asshole I am! A job taking construction that might need to provide for their families. Uh, that's fucked. That's a fucked thing. And the major league baseball owners should pay for the minor leaguers. They can afford that shit. And if they can't, and they need to sell the team to somebody who can. Ah. Oh, no, man. Uh. Cards gift says pad versus the world. Uh, Dan Russ says, you think Edmund will be in there daily somewhere? Yeah, I think under most circumstances, uh, Tommy Edmund will be in the roster, on the lineup pretty daily. Cards Jeff says, with Sosa winter and spring, you see the power as real or just small sample? Now, uh, if you read any of the things that I've, I've, uh, I've wrote or written about Edmundo Sosa over the last couple of years, he has, you know, 10 home run power, 10, 15 home run power in him. He has the ability to throw the barrel at a ball at the lower half of the zone and push it over the right field wall, the oppo field wall, in a way that uh, I don't think a, a, a lot of people are capable of. And I, that power is real. Now, it was awesome to see him hit that monster home run on the pitch, that fastball he turned on. Uh, but, yeah, like, I think that power is real. I, I, I've been saying for a while that the power that he's displayed at the minor league is real. The issue with Edmundo Sosa is that kid literally swings at everything. Entering this offseason, he literally swung at everything. And he's over-aggressive, and that'll get you killed. Uh, but, yeah, I think that that 10 home run power is there. And, you know, 400 at-bats. Yeah, I think that's safe. B. Padati says, Padati, B. Padati, you've been in here a hundred times and I can't get it right. Yes, bring back Sunday doubleheaders. Love it as a kid. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, let's see. No 25 days puts us way too far out. No, I look, I agree, but you know what I'm saying. I'm just, uh, well, you don't know what I'm saying. Let me clarify what I'm saying for you because that's only fair. Um, I'm trying to say that, like, make it this amount of time. You have this amount of time to get people ready to go. This isn't a tryout thing. Pick your guys, get them ready to go, and get them ready to go in that time. Get it quick. Uh, Drew Langley says, most project, most project O'Neal over Thomas. I don't see it. Sell me on O'Neal. Well, there's one thing I feel like I've learned over the last couple of years is I'm not going to be able to sell you on O'Neal. What I will tell you is that as the guy who watched him every day in the minor leagues, uh, even not every day in the minor leagues, but like regularly in the minor leagues, this is a guy who can take a walk. He's always going to strike out. Strikeouts are going to be a part of his game, and he's going to hit a bunch of home runs. He's a good outfielder when he feels comfortable. I just don't think we've seen him have a chance to display how comfortable he is out in the outfield. He has a good arm. He's super fast, uh, uh, athletic. Uh, again, he's probably always going to strike out between 25 and 30% of the time. It's just that he has a chance to walk more than 8% of the time. That is in his game. He's Look, here's my thing about like Tyler O'Neill. I get why people love Lane Thomas. I love Lane Thomas, too. But you look at somebody like Marcelo Zuna, who had 29 home runs and 89 RBIs and hit 240 or whatever, uh, and who had a huge walk rate. And that was the difference in him in 2019 as opposed to 2018, who was 10% above league average. I believe that Tyler O'Neill can hit more home runs than 29 home runs uh, with 500 at-bats. I believe that he's going to drive in more runs. He's going to strike out more, and he's not going to walk as much. But he also has shown this spring training uh, and at his time in the minor leagues and while he's played every day for the one limited stretch he's been able to play every day uh, last year while Marcelo Zuna was on the IL, that he is capable of being an offensive producer. 
So again, I probably, if there's one thing I feel like I know about Tyler O'Neill is I'm not going to be able to sell people on Tyler O'Neill. Uh, he'll be able to sell you if he's given a chance to play every day. Uh, but I think that he's capable of that. I think the power's there. The strikeouts are always going to be there. Uh, it'd be great to have a, like a, a real number four hitter. Maybe that's Paul DeYoung where you have Tyler O'Neill as your number five hitter doing some real damage. Uh, uh, and, but yeah, that's like, that's my case for Tyler O'Neill. I just think that his offensive upside is there. Uh, I do love Lane Thomas though. And I would love for Lane Thomas to get a real chance as well. Dan Russ says they need to be getting back together in a week. That would be amazing. Yeah. The sooner, the better, uh, but also the sooner, uh, uh as soon as, uh, uh, the, the health of the masses allows. Josh also job hirings are being frozen almost everywhere until the virus is gone. Yes. Yeah, so many things are being affected by this, not only service industry, not only our favorite sporting events, uh, uh, but also throughout the country and, and just that and job hirings. Uh, stock market's been affected, all that stuff. You know, this is a time where it's not, it's not about who we root for to be our, uh, it's not about who we root for from a sporting aspect. It's not about what political affiliation we are. We just need to rally around each other and play good football. No, we need to rally around Kurt Warner and play good football. No, we need to rally around each other uh, and look out for each other and, and do what's best for each other. Uh, B. Panetti says, wonder if owners have business loss insurance. I'm sure the owners are covered in every way that they possibly can be. Uh, they're smart business people. Jane Apici says, Pat is the glue that's holding this world together from Jane Apici. Yeah, you know, that's how bad things have gotten, that Pat is the only thing we're looking forward to on a Friday night. Uh, to the world, into Pat, into sadness. I raise my glass. What a fucking disaster this world is. Hey, Jeff Niehaus is in here. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Thank you for being in here. Uh, let's see. Cardinals fan 022 says, I don't, oh, miking up players is good for baseball. I agree. How much fun has that been this spring to be able to listen in on what the players are thinking and saying and shit talking each other, each other. Now I get why if you're a fan of a team or the owner of a team or the coach of the team, you wouldn't want that. I mean, some of these players are clearly distracted. I mean, clearly distracted and that would not be good. But I think that there's a way to mic players up, get them a part of the broadcast, to make it interesting for fans uh, that maybe hasn't necessarily we haven't necessarily seen yet. Like, what if just like the on deck circle? What if whoever's on deck, you just like that guy's mic'd up? And I don't mean that. Like, okay, let me start over. So say that uh, say that Harrison Bader's on deck, he's mic'd up, and that's when you go to him on the mic. Like, that's interesting, you know? Or the guy warming up at the bullpen, get him mic'd up. Like. There's a way to do the mic up thing that doesn't affect the player's ability to concentrate or, or screw up like concentration or put the player in a bad position to screw up because they're mic'd that allows them to be mic'd that, that would continue to make that really interesting. And that's something that I would love to see because I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the mic'd up aspect in spring training. That is wonderful. I mean, that is, that is super wonderful. I just think there's a way to augment it to make it uh, applicable to the regular season. Uh, that isn't necessarily as distracting as it clearly is. Uh, no worries, I still can't, LOL. Uh, Farmer Vala says, why won't the multimillionaire MLB players support and draw attention to the MILB players' plight? Yeah, you know, that's where Adam Wainwright, who is an amazing human being, who seems to be looking out for every type of human being on Earth, uh, last year where he was talking about paying the minor leaguers, paying the minor leaguers. But to your point, yeah, Farmer Vala, it would be nice if the MLBPA, which they won't because they don't represent any of the MILB uh, players that aren't part of the MLBPA, 
it would be really awesome if they would just like start a fund and funnel some of that money to the minor leaguers. Yeah, why don't they? I don't know. Probably because there's union implications, is my guess. That's probably why they don't. Uh, let's see. Dan Russ says, if Bader can't hit Thomas, we'll get his chance to play every day. But hope Bader can. Yeah, that's where we all should be. Your thoughts about Thomas or O'Neill or Fowler or Bader aside, like, that's where we all should be. If Bader can hit, then the Cardinals are going to be in an amazing situation. It doesn't get any better than having a defensive outfielder like Harrison Bader with the ability to hit. Uh, but you're right. More than likely, if Harrison Bader can't, can't hit, that Lane Thomas is going to be your starting center fielder on a regular basis, uh, depending on what happens with Dylan Carlson. Uh, again, I think that if the season had started on normal time, uh, Dylan Carlson probably wouldn't have broke with the big club, even though I would have put him on the roster. Um, and that which meant that it would have taken a couple months of struggle in the outfield for Dylan Carlson to get his real chance. Uh, and that kind of aligns with like the time frame for Lane Thomas too. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm rooting for Harrison Bader. I'm rooting for all of these guys to be as good as they are capable of. Shieldface says, I think we should all consider adopting a minor league player for real. Yeah, there is that uh, gifts. Tell me in the, uh, the DM. Uh, but there is that uh, adopt a minor league player on Twitter. They need us now more than ever. You know, if you have disposable income, if you have a little bit of money, uh, uh, send it their way because they, they need our help. Uh, uh, look, $1,000 a month is nothing for five months out of the year. You know, some of these guys, and sure, some of the guys who are on the 40 man get paid 40 grand a year. That's nice. I mean, that's that's manageable. That's people can make a living on that. Um, but yeah, like there there is a as Gibbs is typing here in our little DMs, there is a way to support the minor leaguers, and we all should do that. Um, and not only the minor leaguers, but again, support the service industry, support each other. Like this isn't this isn't an effect. Like this isn't a pandemic just affecting the sports industry. This is a pandemic affecting all industries. Let's support each other. If you have a little money to spend, spend it, order food in, order food out, go get food, take an Uber, tip generously, go to the grocery store and don't just buy toilet paper and disinfectant, buy fucking peanut butter M&Ms or whatever the hell you want to buy. Uh, uh, do that, you know. Um, Tara and I are working on something with more than baseball, more than baseball, more than baseball is the the site. Uh, um, uh, go to more than baseball. They'll hook you up with uh, uh, how to sponsor a minor leaguer. It's important that we all do it and all chip in where we can. Cargia says, it's not O'Neill or Thomas. It's Bader or Thomas. I pick Thomas. I like where your head's at. <laughs> Cars Gift sends me The Bachelor live on stage with Luke M., which is Mike Matheny's kid. You don't even need to tell me. Uh, that would be hilarious. I'm going out for The Bachelor live on stage with Luke Matheny. I hear he's a good kid, though, so... I, I know, Tara, believe it or not. I already knew that. Uh, how funny is that? Uh, Verified One says, yeah, there are a bunch of whores? Whores? From Verified One? We're all kind of whores when you think about it. Uh, RB314 says, Kyle, hey! Graham says, hi, Kyle. Now, uh, before we get too far, I wanted to tip my glass to a couple of my favorite people, my favorite pad people uh, here at Prospects After Dark. Uh, some people who have supported Birds on the Black for a very long time. I want to tip my glass to Graham, and I want to tip my glass uh, 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 to, to Eric Thomas. Uh, this last week has been rough for everyone, but the last 10 days in particular for Eric Thomas and Graham have been particularly tough, uh, uh, as they both lost parents. And I love both of them. You know, Eric Thomas gave us our amazing sign-off, the Reese Resistance. Uh, and Graham is just an amazing kid who does amazing stuff with animals. 
Uh, and I, I know that like we're all down, we're all feeling it, but I wanted to raise my glass and tell those people how much I love them. Eric Thomas Graham, I love you guys. I'm I'm sorry for what you're going through. And here we're gonna we're gonna rally and we're gonna continue to have a great Friday night of Prospects After Dark. And we're always grateful and thankful for you being in here, and we love you. Uh, Dan Ross says, yeah, there is a lot to be said if season started tomorrow. How could you start Fowler? How could you? Well, you would. And we would question it, and we'd all be angry, and he'd hit a walk-off home run, and we'd all look stupid. Foster the person says, Kyle, how can we support them if they're a fund or somewhere? Yeah, so... um. Uh, the, the fun is called more than baseball. Check out more than baseball on Twitter. A while back, they were saying, uh, that slide into their DMs. You can sponsor a minor leaguer. They're an amazing, uh, uh, amazing organization. Now, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, Gift says Tara and he are working on something with more than baseball for the site for birds on the black. Uh, we will, we'll, we'll have merch, uh, available very soon and a page for donations. So get together with more than baseball, but also go to Birds on the Black. Myself, Cardinals Gifts, the incredibly, uh, incomparably wonderful Tara Wellman will uh, supply you with information about that as soon as we possibly can. But that would be my first direction. That's where I would send you. Again, that is more than baseball. Uh, we'll get you scored away. And thank you so much for everyone uh, that's willing to do that. Foster the person. Uh, you're, you're an amazing human being if you're willing to do that. Again, that's a tough life. And remember, those minor leaguers, they're not just working for uh, indentured servitude for the owners. They're doing it for us, too, uh, in a big way. Gus Sports says, best game to watch in the downtime. I'll take 2006, uh, Game 7 versus the Mets. You know, 2006 uh, of the World Series in 2011, 2007 of the World Series. Uh, that's amazing. I'll say any game ever because baseball is an amazing sport. And sometimes it's fun to just, if you can track it down, go back and watch. Like I, pardon me, like I do. Here's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to watch the May 25th game uh, of the Springfield Cardinals. Although I've already watched that one. I don't know why I said May 25th. I know I've watched that game. There's a reason I know I've watched that game. I'll say the June 9th game, the June 9th Memphis game. I'm going to watch the June 9th Memphis game. And it's going to be great. And it's going to be wonderful. I know I sound like Donald Trump. But uh, watch any game. Yeah, uh, watch all of the 2006 playoffs. Watch the 2006 September run if you can find it somewhere. Uh, watch the 2000, any game you can find in the 2004 season. Watch 2009. That wasn't a particularly great season, but just watch it. Baseball is a beautiful, wonderful thing. Watch anything you can. It'd be fun through Birds on the Black if we, like, if we started to do something like that. Like once a week while this is happening or once every other day, we just pick some random game in the season that we know is on YouTube, just some random game. The Cardinals could win, they could lose. We all watch it, Stu scores it, and we all tweet about it. Uh, like, all right, it's 7 o'clock tonight. We're going to watch the the May 14th game, uh, May 14th, 2018 game, Cardinals versus the Pirates, and we're all going to treat it like it's happening in real time. Start the game right at 7 on YouTube. Uh, that'd be fun. It'd be a fun thing to do and just screw around and see where it goes from there. Yeah, like, I'd love that. That'd be goofy and fun and right up my alley. Noah Selson, hey, what's up, Noah? How are you, bud? My ass had spring training tickets Sunday and Monday. Oh. oh, that breaks my heart. To all the people who are headed down to spring training, the people who are at spring training right now who won't get to be a part of spring training uh, uh, because of all this, I raise my glass. Again, I, every tweet or every, uh, every toast tonight is in honor of people who are affected by this, which is really all of us, but particularly the people who spent money to go down there for that. Um, uh, it's just sad. But enjoy your vacation. Like, don't let the fact you can't watch baseball at Roger Dean uh, 
change the fact that you still have a chance to have a really great vacation. I hope your vacation is still great. Tara says, uh, check out More Than Baseball on Twitter. Gifts and I are working on some stuff. Oh, that's awesome. You guys are great. Thank you, Foster said he's going now. That's amazing. Cheers to Pad says, cards, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cheers to Pad. Love to Eric and Graham. Yeah, I can't say it enough. Love to Eric and Graham. Uh, see, Mr. 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 Carlson is amazing. Condolences to Graham and the Eric, uh, the Carlson family. You guys are just amazing. Noah, uh, Noah Selson says, we have a group working on packages and help in Springfield specifically. You know, that's the amazing thing. And that's one of the things that gets glossed over about contraction in the minor league level. These small communities that have minor league affiliated teams or major league affiliated minor league teams do such an amazing job of, of incorporating these players into their community. And the players give it back. You know, like with Mr. Carlson, with, with Dylan Carlson, I know that like one of the people that I, I love on Twitter, one of the people that I consider a friend, Troy Poole. Like, I know that Dylan uh, forged a somewhat of a bond with Troy Poole and Troy's son, Zach. Like, this happens at the minor league level on a level that had never happened before. It, you'll never see it in a major league uh, uh, city. You know what I mean? Like, these players in these cities and these teams are a community in a way that baseball used to be that isn't necessarily anymore. And I love that. And that's wonderful. And Noah Snelson is doing that. Springfield's doing that. I'm sure Memphis is doing that. Town uh, season ticket holders and fans are doing that. You know, there's sponsor parents, sponsor houses that, that house players when, you know, in these towns. And, like, that connection just isn't there in St. Louis. It's not there in L.A. It's not there in Wisconsin or in uh, Milwaukee. It's not there in Cincinnati. It's not there in Chicago. It's only there in those small towns, and that's something magical and very, very important. Uh, and, and that's why minor league contraction is kind of a joke uh, and should be opposed at every corner that it can be opposed at. Um, but also goes to show you the magic and the wonder of the human soul and the human spirit that we, we see in those, those relatively small towns. Uh, that that is wonderful and magical that that I love so much. Uh, but again, like to the question, if you can if you can help a minor leaguer, go to more than baseball. They'll they'll, they'll help you out. And here, at birds on the black in a while. Uh, uh, Tara and Gifts will have something for you. I hard six seven eleven. Sexbot says hi. What's up, Sexbot? Cards yes. Yeah, As two thousand and four game seven NLCS Clemens versus Supon was there. I'll tell you what. I don't know if you guys remember this, and I'm not going to be able to give you any of the details. There was a ten inning game between Mark Mulder, Mark Mulder and Roger Clemens. That was one of the best regular season games I've ever watched. I think Mulder pitched 10 innings. Uh, he, he threw like 101 pitches or 99 pitches or something like that. It was a Sunday game, I think, or a weekend game. If you guys can track down that game, watch that. That was one of the best games I've ever watched. I believe the Cardinals won it. I don't know for sure, but I just remember watching it and being like amazed by that. Stu Styles says, let's do it. I mean, how funny would that be? Uh, Josh says, game five NLDS versus Nats was a good one too. Oh yeah, that was the Cosma game, right? Yeah. Oh my God. The, <laughs> yeah. The well, the 2011 uh, uh, NLDS game five against the Nats. That was Carpenter and Holiday. Yeah, that was great. See, I'm thinking 2013, uh, that series against the Nats. That was something else too. Uh, Papa Carlson got a call in sometime. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, uh, got 2011 game five versus Phillies. Yeah, that was the best pitch game I've ever watched with Shelby Miller against Colorado in St. Louis from Chris DeMann. Yeah, that was, uh, he let up that, uh, that infield single and then just absolutely shut them down. 
That was amazing. Just a great pitching performance. It, very, very well said. Uh, gave up single to first batter, then no, no. Yeah, that was it was an infield single, too, if I'm remembering correctly. That How awesome was that? Like, you talk about pitchers. Think about Shelby Miller. You know, he didn't necessarily have a great off-speed offering. You know, that dynamite fastball. You know, the Cardinals have had some amazing players come through the organization. And, you know, I, I wish Shelby Miller, Trevor Rosenthal, guys like that, nothing but, but health and happiness and Major League success if the opportunity presents itself. The rumor was that Shelby had kind of turned a, a corner after having Tommy John surgery and was showing progress and health uh, with Milwaukee, right? He was with Milwaukee uh, during spring training. So, you know, you don't want to root for Milwaukee, but you root for those guys because they did some amazing and magical things. But, again, that goes to show you that just some random game against Colorado and St. Louis, you can end up having a magical evening, and that's why baseball is wonderful. Noah Snelson says, Montero starting in Springfield. Gorman coming up in six weeks, especially if Montero is playing well. I think that Nolan Gorman's uh, uh, spot is very much still fluid. I do think Montero starts at Springfield. But remember, between the DH uh, and position versatility, uh, I think that there's a way to get both Montero and Gorman in the Springfield lineup uh, uh, without, you know, causing too much chaos. Uh, and also the Cardinals have kind of pushed to, to create position diversity. And I don't think there's any harm in getting Montero some time at first. I don't think there's any time in getting Carl, uh, uh, Carlson. Gorman some time in the outfield. Just try it. See what happens. Fuck, who cares, really? Uh, but, yeah, I think that that's more than likely. I, personally, like I've said, give me Montero in Springfield. Give me Gorman in Palm Beach. Give me Gorman and uh, Libertor and Herrera at Palm Beach to start the year and then get aggressive with them when it's time to get aggressive. Graham says, Michael Walker, almost no, almost no, no was better. He had two almost no, no's. Uh, there was an amazing Sunday start by Jack Flaherty two years ago in 2018 that kind of put him on the map like, all right, now something special is happening with this kid. Yeah, um, Michael Waka, that, that near no-no uh, against the Nats. You know, the Cardinals have had a lot of success against the Nats, and I can't imagine what it's like to be a, a Natitude fan uh, now that they've won a World Series. Like, I'm happy for, for the, the D.C. faithful. That's awesome. Uh, Matt Stromer says Mulder versus Clemens in 25 in 2005 Mulder with 101 inning pitch a 10 inning pitch complete game yeah that was I'll never forget like I was at my mom's we watched it at my mom's house I think and that was that was like a fun game it was quick and it was a pitcher's duel and it was wonderful and Mark Mulder pitched out of his mind one of the best pitching performances no hitters aside I've seen out of a Cardinal pitcher ever Chris DeMann says, uh, Waka has more anticipation for sure. I just think the Miller start was better. Sticks in my mind. I'm with Chris DeMann. And I'll tell you what, like, Waka's no-hitter was wonderful. Uh, the game against Pittsburgh in the playoffs was wonderful. But I'll take his, his organizational debut, his major league debut over anything for a magical moment in the history of Michael Waka as a St. Louis Cardinal. Uh, Noah Nelson says, I hear... We will have Bader and Herrera in a uh, Baker and Herrera in Springfield starting. Now I didn't hear about. Well, let me start over. That would be a really great thing for both of them. Uh, Baker will be in Springfield. I think we can all bank on that. And I'll say that Herrera is still very fluid. But here's to hoping Avon Herrera makes his way there. Cards, yeah. Carpenter, Cy Young. It's the first time I've seen pitching like that. Uh, we knew he was gonna win it. Yeah, that was amazing. You know, the, the, that Game 5 of the 2011 uh, NLDS against the Phillies, him and Holiday, Skip Schumacher with the RBI, like, that was one of the most amazing games. I was in my apartment. Uh, I've got this thing about watching important games uh, on my own. I've got to watch them on my own because I'm such a fucking basket case. 
Uh, I was watching it, and I just, like, methodically could not believe what I was seeing. I remember laughing multiple times about how good both those pitchers were. And what a magical moment for baseball fans. You know, I a terrible moment for Phillies fans, of course, but I just can't imagine just being a baseball fan and not soaking that in and loving every second of it. Uh, I can confirm that all the places Dylan has played, all the people we met were amazing. Very thankful from Jeff Carlson. That's amazing, amazing communities. Gus Sports says any games with Matt, any game by Matt Morris would throw a two homer game in the middle of July. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I love Matt Morris as a Cardinal. Again, maybe one of the most underrated Cardinals of all time. You know, now I say that we're talking about a guy who's getting uh, votes for the Cardinals uh, uh, Hall of Fame, so maybe I should keep my mouth shut. But yeah, I love that Matt Morris. Just amazing. Uh, another amazing pitcher to find his way through the Cardinals organization. Josh says, remember when Austin Gomber lost his no-no because the Reds accidentally set off the fire alarms? I forgot about that. Yeah, how about how about Daniel Ponce de Leon almost throwing a no-hitter? How about that? Now, Gomber, was he was he was headed towards it. He looked so good. And then what a disaster that was. That's funny. I had forgotten about that. Uh, Graham says, I remember having such anticipation over Luke Voigt's debut. Yeah, and good for Luke Voigt for the career that he's made out of his himself. Uh, and, you know, Luke Voigt was good when he was playing on a regular basis. It's just that in that little bullshit pinch hitting role, which someone like Tyler O'Neill really struggles with, um, uh, he was not good for that. He was not good for that. All right. So I'm going to raise my glass real fast as we get towards the end of all the comments. To all of my pad people, on a, a weird Friday night with the world in kind of mayhem uh, and a pandemic spreading, uh, thank you so much for coming into my apartment and enjoying a lovely Prospects After Dark with me. Uh, uh, just to all the pad people, you know, I've been going through a lot, uh, and it's been hitting me harder than, than maybe I'm leading on. Uh, I've been leading on a little stronger lately. Um, all I'm getting at is just thank you so much for being a part of Prospects After Dark with me. I love doing Prospects After Dark. And uh, I'm just so lucky that you're here whenever you're here and that I get to entertain you if that's what's happening. But regardless, just thank you to all the pad people because you're wonderful. Oh, amazing. Jane Apici says, Matt Morris and Andy Bennis on back-to-back -back days was most of my childhood. That's wonderful. You know, uh, in the Dirty 35, Dirty 35 write-up of prospect number 29, Tommy Parsons, I mentioned Jason Simon Tachi. And I mean, even like Jason Simon Tachi, you know, thinking about him, like another great, not great, but another good pitcher that came to the Cardinals organization. You know, in my mind, like Jason Simon Tachi is Brad Thompson is maybe Jake Woodford. Although I compared Tommy Parsons to him, like those players come to the Cardinals organization and they play a very vital role for the Cardinals success. It's just wonderful stuff when that happens. But yeah, I think about Matt Morris and Andy Bennis. I think about Andy Bennis, going to the Diamondbacks and being terrible and then coming back and being good. You know, I was born in 1986. And uh, to think about all of those pitchers, uh, I think about Sean. You know, the one guy who I think about a lot is Sean Dunstan. I, I think about Sean Dunstan as a Cardinal a lot. I think about a walk-off home run that he that he hit where he was, showed no emotion at all rounding the bases. Like, I think about Sean Dunstan and Royce Clayton. Like, you know, people say Gary Gaetti, Todd Zeal, Craig Jeffries, like uh, – Greg Jeffries, rather. Like, the Cardinals have just, they're littered with great names. Craig Paquette, who I hated with all my whole, my, my whole, both of my holes, with my soul. Uh, yeah. Uh, Stu Style says, let's all watch a random Todd Wellemeyer, Todd Alien uh, game start and sit through the pain. Yeah, Braden Looper, uh, Dustin Hermanson before he was closer for the World Series winning Chicago White Sox, Garrett Stevenson, 
Mike Maroth. Yeah, like the Cardinals have had names, man. Uh, thanks for doing Pat. It's my pleasure. First time in Pat. Enjoy. Drew Langley, thank you for being here. I'm going to a little toast to you, my, my first person in Pat. You've been bringing, you have been bringing great questions and great participation, and we're thankful for it. Hmm. Tara just made my night. She says, Kyle, this made me so happy tonight. You're the best. No, Tara, you're the best. Uh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. That means the world to me. Cargia says, love you, Kyle. We need it more than you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, again, my hope was that we'd try to get back to doing Prospects After Dark somewhat regularly. I don't really know what to think from here on out, honestly. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see. Tara tells Stu, fun fact, Todd Wellemeyer was the starter for my first ever game at Bush. That's awesome. You know, Todd Wellemeyer was a weird dude who said some crazy stuff. Uh, the Tadalian. Todd Alien. Uh, Chris Demon, who I just made French. Chris Deman. My childhood was watching Russell Brannion hitting jacks off of Brad Thompson. You know, uh, that Russell Brannion was a great and fun player. He was like the prototype for what Joey Gallo was built on. And Joey Gallo is better than Russell Brannion ever was. Uh, you know, there's a, a, a prospect for the Pittsburgh Pirates named uh, O'Neill Cruz. He's like six foot seven. And that kid is like, if, if Russell Brannion eventually became Joey Gallo, then O'Neill Cruz is what Richie Sexton eventually became. Just two big monsters, just hitting jacks, making people look stupid. Steel, hey, Steel, what's up? Uh, welcome, Steel, to Tegan, the, one of the babies of Prospect After Dark. I, raise, I say hello, Tegan. Hello, Steel. Says Simon Tachi in those stirrups. Yeah, Simon Tachi was like the first person to bring back those amazing stirrups. Uh, Daniel Denny. Hey, Daniel, what's up, bud? Said, thanks, Kyle. I just got a chance to sit down and tune in. Love, Pat. Daniel Denny, thank you for being here in PAD. Uh, we're always privileged to have you as a member. Uh, I'm glad that we're providing some type of entertainment for you on this terrible, terrible week to conclude this terrible week uh, uh, in American history and the history of the world. Things will get back to normal sooner, soon enough, bud. Soon enough. Alan Bennis, too. Yeah, the Bennis brothers. Alan, Andy, Alan, and Aaron Bennis. Aaron Bennis. Josh says, Tyler Green is one I miss a lot for no apparent reason. Tyler Green, Ryan Jackson. Yeah, but I'll always uh, 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 lump those two in together. Cargia says, Tom Pagnazzi. Yeah, Keith McDonald. Think about all those great. Need an episode name from Cardinals Gifts. Uh, somebody help Cardinals Gifts out. If you've been in here all night, what do you think tonight's episode should be? Uh, and Matt Stromer says, Sterling Hitchcock, Chuck Finley. Now we're talking. Yeah. Chuck Finley's wife beat the shit out of him. Uh, Tony Katane, right? Oh, God. That's great stuff. See, so, yeah, just amazing names that have come be become a part of the Cardinals lore. Victoria Dryden says, sorry I wasn't next to my phone, so this is delayed. But we love you, Kyle, and are grateful for you. Again, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Uh, pictures I really like, Kyle McClellan. Yeah, Kyle McClellan is a stand-up individual. He still does work for KMOX. You know, I, I appreciate anybody who works, who is local. Uh, again, he's a local product from the St. Louis area who worked through arm problems, who found his way from the bullpen to the rotation. Like, that is a great story. Yeah, Kyle McClellan, Braden Looper. Braden Looper was fun, right? Because he was traded for Edgar Renteria, found his way back to the Cardinals, uh, uh, did some, uh, uh, found his way back to the Cardinals, uh, pitched from both relief and a starter role. And Tony LaRusso and Dave Duncan are the only people who can 
turn bygones into relievers and then starters and get effective results out of them. Just amazing stuff. We've been lucky as Cardinal fans. See, this is the kind of stuff that, like, as we miss Cardinal baseball happening in real time, like, let's love this. Let's appreciate this. If you're going to get into the past, let's get into the past of the good. Let's not focus on the past of the bad. Uh, Josh says, pandemic after pandemic after dark. <laughs> I love that to Josh. Oh, pandemic after dark. I like that so much. The pandemic after dark episode. Uh, my first game at Bush, I turned down Smoltz and Glavin autos because they weren't Maddox. I was nine. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm sure we've all had moments like that. Look, I've never been one, even as a kid, to seek autographs. It always made me feel weird and uncomfortable, and I never did it. Oh. Uh, now, Tara's talking about her first game at, as, uh, at Bush. She says, they won. Albert hit a bomb that knocked out the Big Mac land sign. Oh, that's awesome. That's a cool moment, Tara. Oh, pandemic after dark, I vote yes. What, what prospects are out there? <laughs> Hi, Dan. How are you, you asshole? Dan, I love you. Uh, anyway, saw the pad, people. Uh, I will raise my glass one more time. But most specific, more specifically, my friend, more specifically to my friend, Dan Saar. Dan, I raise my glass of buffalo trash. I raise my glass to you. Actually, Dan, I've got something special for you. Stay right there. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. I love you, Dan. Dan, what are you wearing right now? Oh, God, it's so heavy. The box is so heavy. Dan, look at this. Dan, how does this make you feel? How does this make you... Dan, how does this make you feel? So anyways, my brother Scott for uh, dog sitting... Uh, Biggie LC says, saw Albert hit three bombs on Down Syndrome Awareness Day. That's cool. Especially all that uh, all that, uh, that um, work that he did uh, for Down Syndrome. You know, just an amazing man who did an amazing um, charity work for Down Syndrome. And uh, just amazing. All right, so Dan, look at this. Tell me this isn't amazing. My brother Scott gave me, shall we drink the Blue Label together? No, Dan, do you have, oh, please tell me you have Blue Label. Oh, my God. So you guys don't know, I went to high school with Dan. He's one of my favorite people on earth. Uh, there's nobody I owe more apologies to than Dan Saar. Uh, I love that. Again, I just, I can't begin to tell you how much I love that man. Uh, so what I'm going to do is this amazing bottle of blue label that my amazing brother Scott gave me for, uh, dog sitting his amazing dog, Jojo. Uh, I, again, I, I'm going to raise my glass to my good friend, Dan. Dan, when you're ready, you're my, you're my boy, Blue. Great fun tonight, Kyle. Thanks from JP Hill Cards. Hey, JP, thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, Dan, uh, Dan, okay, so. Communicate with me through this bullshit thing. Do you have Blue Label? I will wait. I will wait. I'm also going to pour, pour some Buffalo Trace. I'm also going to pour some Buffalo Trace because I want to do... Gotcha. Awesome. Ha ha ha! Mr. Hicks is in here. Okay, so then you're going to have to find something to cheers to. Dan, I raised this little bit of amazing Blue Label Buffalo Trace to... Or Buffalo Trace. God damn it, I'm a mess. I have Civil Life. Hey, are you at Civil Life right now, Dan? Aw, I love you. So, real fast, my buddy Dan Sar, who I love, uh, uh, I, I, this blue label could only be for you. I'm going to sip it. Oh, just amazing. Now, uh, cans at home. Cans at home, fool. Uh, I know I'm a fool, Dan. Dan, I love you, bud. I'm so happy you're here. Um, now, Mr. Jason, 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 Mr. Jason Hicks is in here. And we also have Mr. Jeff Carlson, uh, but to the godfather of Prospects After Dark, who I am humbled is in here, along with the, the queen of Prospects After Dark, Jennifer Hicks. 
Uh, and uh, uh, the player of Prospects After Darks, Jordan Hicks. Let's talk to baseball. Um, I raised my glass. Look, I'm happy that I poured out a little bit of, uh, of the blue label because if there's one person, uh, again, the, the Hicks, uh, uh, the, 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 the Carlson family, uh, the, the Saar family, I raised my glass again of this amazing, amazing uh, uh, blue label. You're amazing. That's a really expensive bottle of scotch, and I'm going to put it away. And again, to my brother Scott, who made that happen. Uh, fathers in the house. Woo! LOLZ. Wait, hold on. So Matt Stromer, do you know Dan Sar? Hold on. Hey, I played indoor soccer with a Dan Sar. That is hilarious. Now, Matt Stromer I met at Mokabees, and I love Mokabees. It's my favorite place on earth, really. Uh, and Dan Sar, that's hilarious. Oh, that's great. Noah Nelson, all right, we get in double header or a short season. Give me a long season and double headers. I want as much baseball as you can give me. You know, as Mr. Hicks comes in here, maybe the best thing that happens here is somehow Jordan Hicks gets to pitch more. That would be amazing. I love that. Uh, we killed it. That's awesome. Ah, oh, that's awesome. All right. So, Mr. Hicks, I know you're coming in late. Hold on. Blue label. I've got a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue label. Thanks to my brother, Scott. Can you imagine how lucky I feel? Holy cow. Ugh. Just amazing. Uh, all right, we get in double. So I want double headers and I want a long season. Dan, I don't doubt for one second that you killed it. Um, at the end of Prospects After Dark, look, I just want to say thank everyone for being a part of this. This thing went on for almost two hours. I can't say that I expected that. I don't know what I expected exactly. Uh, but I, I just want to say one more time that I feel privileged to have everyone in here, not just Mr. Hicks, not just Mr. Carlson, just everyone in here. Uh, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to continue to entertain you uh, uh, while we have a work stoppage. It's not a, a, a labor stoppage. It's a work stoppage. Uh, but I'm also going to continue to tell everyone, let, let's support each other. Like, let's let's rally around each other. Let's support each other. Let's be good and kind and lovely and wonderful to each other. Uh, uh, and, and let's be here for each other. Uh, Pat will be here as often as it possibly can, which is probably once every 14 days, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, but to all my people at Birds on the Black, who I am forever grateful for. Before I get to the Birds on the Black family, again, check out B-Shape Daily, uh, Brendan Schaefer. He and I recorded a podcast together. It was fun. It was awesome. I loved it. Check out Two Birds on a Bat with Jim Cromer. I love all those guys. They're wonderful. But the people that really mean a lot to me are my Birds on the Black family, which, um, you know, two people who have been just... Let me start over. One person in particular that has been kind of... has been more than inspirational to me is Tara Wellman. Like... Tara does just amazing work, but she's also a stand-up human being uh, who puts other people before herself in every capacity. Tara is wonderful. She does chirps at Birds on the Black. She writes about the minor league between, you know, she writes about the minor league plight. And uh, Tara's incredible. If you're not following Tara Woman, you need to because she is a beacon of light in dark times. I, I, I have nothing but love and admiration and appreciation for the work that Tara does. Um, she does chirps with a gentleman named Alex Crisofulli, who I find to be delightful, especially when he goes on rants about crazy stuff like Ozzy Smith dunking. Uh, check out chirps on the Birds on the Black Network. Find it on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud and all that stuff. There isn't anybody who does game recaps better than Stu Styles. They're amazing and wonderful. Now, Stu does those in conjunction with gifts, and he does it in conjunction with Enchil. Now, Enchil's doing some amazing works on uh, uh, with uh, 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 he's just doing amazing like gift work and amazing art artistry work. 
Keep an eye on Enchil. He's an awesome dude. Does great stuff. Zach Gifford. Go to Birds on the Black and just scroll. Because Zach has done amazing article after amazing article after amazing article about Dakota Hudson, about Harrison Bader, about everyone. It's just amazing work. And he's also doing a podcast now called Nerds on the Black, which was fucking great on Tuesday night when it debuted or whatever night it was. I can't keep this week straight. It's been the weirdest week in the history of the world. Um, Zach is just perfect, perfect stuff. Uh, Josh is not home. Rachel Wren, you work for us as well. They're amazing. Adam Van Grecht does amazing work as well. Check out Birds on the Black. But really, uh, you know how this works to my brother-in-arms, Cardinals Gifts. I raised my glass. I was ready to quit all this. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've been in a miserable, miserable spot. Uh, I've been getting screenshots from people of people talking nothing but mad shit on me because of my lack of involvement in the situation I want nothing to do with. Uh, uh, fuck them because I'm going to continue to do my stuff. Because people want it and need it. And I just want people to be happy. And that's all I care about. I just care about the happiness of others. Uh, so what I'm getting at more than anything is we're here. We're staying. Fuck off. And uh, to gifts. We're going to be in this together until the end, bud. I love Dan Sar. Uh, let's see. My toe is still broken, Dan. Small world, brother. Uh, that's right, man. Good work, Kyle. Is someone robbing you almost always? Biggie LC says, Kyle, the hero we need but don't deserve. Uh, what did I tell Anna? Poor Anna earlier. I'm the hero that you regret asking for is what I am. Oh, no. Tara's the cream of the crop. Alex is rants with the best. Hey, Jay Ferg is in here. Jay Ferg, I'm going to give you the middle finger. I know you love that. Jay Ferg, how is your shoulder, bud? I hope you're doing well. And Jay Ferg, if your shoulder gets healthy, I will gladly play catch with you. I would love to play catch with you. Uh, BHS says, hi, Kyle. Hey, BHS. You're the best, bud. Uh, Guagon4332684 says, Dexter Fowler, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's not going to happen. You better get over it. Uh, Chris, the man says, quick question. What do you think of cards splitting up and some going home and not staying? You know, my thought is that none of us know how to react right now. Not one person. Uh, president, CDC owner of an organization, player in an organization. None of us know what to do or to react or how, what to do. You know, I think we're all just kind of shooting from the hip and it goes to show you how dire the situation is, how reactionary the situation is. So my thought is just find a place to be comfortable. I don't care if you're a player or an owner or a fan or just some asshole talking into a camera with a microphone attached to it about absolutely nothing. Really excited about his buddy Dan Sauer being a part of it. Um, None of us know what's going on. Like, we know what's going on, but none of us know how to react to it. And we should probably just be happy to be with people we care about. So my thought is, uh, uh, while, I, you know, from a fan standpoint, I would want those guys to stay together and practice every day and take batting practice and do bullpens. I also appreciate that they want to go home to their families and just kind of kill it. Like, that's all that matters to me. Like, when, I, when something like this happens... I think that the best thing for all of us to do is to step back and say, what makes us happy? What's the essence of human existence? And if it's being with the people that we care about and the people that we love, then I'm just happy that those people get to be with the people that they love and the people that they care about. So that's my thought on all that. Uh, Dan, sorry, let's drink and talk prospects after dark uh, together as a team. Uh, here's one for you. After Shannon retires, who do you want to be the voice of the Cardinals? Me. Me and Rooney. That's what I want. If you've got the time... Uh, let's see. Cheers, Kyle. I was in snake handling class with Dan Sar. <laughs> Farmer Bala says he was in snake handling class 
with uh, Dan Sorry. Stu says, this reminds me of the Wolf on Wall Street scene. That Which one? There's so many of them. The one where he drives his car extremely slow, almost into a fountain. Hey, snake handling Missouri State. Love it. Uh, I took that class. Dan did take the snake handling class. Uh, Victoria Dryden says, much love to you, gifts, and all the Bobby family. Doing great. Looking forward to it. Uh, Cards Gas says, I was in a male anatomy class with Dan. <laughs> Socially distance yourself. You know, I took male anatomy with Dan, too. I, I tried very hard to take male anatomy with Dan, and he would not let me take male anatomy. Uh, that's wonderful. Dan, man, I hope I hope mom's doing well. I hope I hope, uh, I hope Marianne's doing well, but I hope you're doing well. I love you, bud. Uh, socially distance yourself. <laughs> uh, so the best part is that this has turned into an anatomy class thing. Uh, Mr. Hicks says, Kyle, the Princess Addie would like a shout out to the princess of Prospects After Dark, the daughter of Jason and Jennifer, Addie Hicks. Uh, I raised my glass, which is probably super inappropriate, but I raised my glass. We'll finish our last our last shot goes to uh, the, the daughter, the princess, uh, Addie, Addie Hicks. Uh, this turned out to be a great Prospects After Dark. Thank you so much for making it happen that way. Shelton Mysterio's in here. I'm all out of booze or else I cheers to you. Uh, if you watch this, if you are currently listening to this on a podcast, if you are part of the Reese Resistance, again, to our good friend Eric Thomas, buddy, I love you. I hope you're doing well. We are thinking about you and your family. Uh, uh, to everybody, from rather, from everybody at Prospects After Dark, from my brother Michael, my brother Scott, my brother Jim, my mom, Denise, my father, James, who is somehow still alive. No one understands how. Uh, uh, for the, the fathers in this particular group, um, everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, I say thank you so much for being a part of the Reese Resistance. And as always, family, on a Friday night, with things dire as fuck, uh, we with you nothing but the best happiness and health. And know that we are here for you in any capacity you want it. Happy hunting.